This is the Manga Mavericks podcast from AllComic.com, episode 76. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Lum Ramayasha, and today is our long-awaited survey results podcast for the year of 2018. Our annual podcast survey went live over the month of january we collected a lot of responses and a lot of feedback including most importantly and most intriguingly for you listeners the results of our polls included in the survey where you the listeners could vote on which manga we will cover on the show this year and finally on this podcast we will reveal to you the manga that we will be covering on the manga Merrick podcast in 2019 so there's a lot to look forward to a lot of exciting stuff to talk about in regards to the survey but first we got some news to talk about including a really big news announcement don't we don't we we lord Oh, yeah, I'm here. Hi, V-Lord. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Just uh, here in the corner. How long have you been here? I've always been here. Watching, judging, waiting for your chance to strike and take over this podcast. Yeah, basically, I've, I've been plotting for a while. I have the weapons over there. They've been, they've been getting polished up every week to make sure they're nice and ready for the day that it comes. And it's just like, I, I think it's finally coming. I, I think it's, it's finally time for me to take over. Okay. Well, this might be our last episode of the podcast, folks, because Weord is going to kill us and take over. He's going to wear our skins. He's going to complete what Maxi attempted to do last year but failed at. Even after all those times you told him to get out, he never got out. He was always here. Yes, but where is something new that is here, something that we've looked forward to, we have dreamed of for a long time. We have discussed on the show quite a few times before, Viz launching their new free Shonen Jump service, the overhaul, their Shonen Jump website in which you can read the last couple chapters of simul-published Shonen Jump series for free alongside the amazing Shonen Jump Vault. And we thought, wow, this is such a dream for North American manga fans. But the global community was saddened because there were some countries that did not have access to Viz's site, to the Viz's Shonen Jump simul-pubs and vault. But Shoeisha has heard the cries of their global audience! as they have recently launched their new Manga Plus service, the new Manga Plus app, which is available on both iOS and Android devices and has a website online. There's even going to be a Spanish version of the service coming between February and March, and this new Manga Plus site has over 50 titles, including 13 completed series, and more titles are going to be added gradually they are going to be offering the most recent simul-published chapters of everything that Wiz is simul-publishing and more because they have a series exclusive to the Manga Plus service, series like Blue Flag, Hidomaru Sumo, Teenage Renaissance David, I'm from Japan, practically the entire Shonen Jump lineup and a great chunk of the Shonen Jump Plus lineup are available on the Manga Plus app. And it's available in every country pretty much except for china and north korea so this is an amazing time to be a shonen jump fan there is absolutely no reason anyone should ever part ever again 
Stop! <laughs> because Shoesha has listened. Shoesha has delivered. And there is now so much more manga to enjoy for so many more people. Pray, Shoesha! Uh, anyway. Colt, you can't see it, but someone's doing like hardcore gestures right now <laughs> while saying all that. It's quite a shame this is not a video podcast. Yeah. No, it's okay. I I I assume he does video gestures on pretty much every podcast we record. So that that, that goes without saying. Um, you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> so um this is amazing, and I can't believe it happened this early in the year. Yeah. Only a month after the new Shonen Jump Viz launched, Shoesha gave us this. And it's incredible that not only are they offering everything Viz is offering, but more. Yeah, there's like 15 new titles that aren't on the Viz like uh, service that are on here. That's just insane. It is. Um, I actually, uh, and and this is this is I I don't want to make this sound like a complaint because it's not, but I did just realize because at first it was like, oh man, literally everything in Jump is now available in English as, as far as a Simulpub goes. I totally didn't realize until just a few minutes ago that um, that Yuno Yuragi of um, of I forget the full title Yuna of Yuragi Manor, or- known in English as Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs. Yep. So that's pretty much the only thing that doesn't have a Simulpub. But honestly, that's that's still pretty good for like what they're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, and honestly, as someone who likes Yuna, like, people aren't missing out on much. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really aren't. Huh. Uh, but no, I mean, other than that, like, pretty much 99% of Jump is available in English now. Yeah, I never thought it would happen, but it's happened. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about it on a future episode of the podcast, because we definitely are going to want to explore the Manga Plus app in more depth, as well as cover pretty much all of the series that they're offering that are exclusive to it. Yeah, I've been reading through a few of them lately, aside from, like, Kinomaru Sumo and I'm from Japan and all those, which I were already reading. And, like, there's just so so many great underground titles on there. It's it's really cool that this is happening. I've been waiting to read Blue Flag by Kaito for years, and finally I can, and I'm so excited. Yeah, that that was long overdue out of everything on there. That was the thing that needed to happen. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've actually been... This is important, too, so... You know, uh, a big complaint of mine was that um, I had no way of reading uh, Jigoku Raku on the Viz app because, unfortunately, it's a mature title. And we, we've we've went over with Jeff before about, like, you know, why that is and why it's not included on the app. You know, no thanks to Apple. But, um, I mean, if you want to read Jigoku Raku on a mobile app, uh, it is available. All of it is available right now on the Manga Plus app. And that's... That's how I've been kind of reading the series um, since it opened. So, um, so yeah, th- that's what I've been reading. Um, I am planning on checking out at least one or two like complete series on the app. Hopefully, in the future, before we actually like record about the app, because th- th- there's a lot we could say about the app. But you know, like we just said, we'll we'll definitely be dedicating an episode to the Manga Plus app and just Shonen Jump in general because I. Uh, not, not to let the cat out of the bag too early, but I mean, I think we have another State of Shonen Jump podcast coming sometime this year, so. Long overdue, a lot has changed since the last one, so definitely look forward to that, because we thought we were done talking about Shonen Jump after our huge retrospective, but nope, there's just too much more to talk about, too 
much big news in the Shonen Jump world, so we need to do another state of episode. But there's other news we're talking about as well. Uh, yeah, so I think we mentioned on the show a little while ago at this point that a Mob Psycho 100 spinoff manga about Reagan launched, and uh, it seems that uh, we have confirmation now that that particular spinoff is going to be uh, only one volume long, um, and that uh, the volume will be coming out for a release in Japan on February 19th. And so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much confirmation of that. Um, I'm hoping we... I'm, I'm hoping if Mob Psycho 100 does well enough that maybe we can get this in English. I mean, I mean, with how popular of a character Reagan is, like, I, I feel like it's inevitable that maybe this get licensed. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, you never know. It kind of feels like a no-brainer, but at the same time, with Mob Psycho being under Dark Horse, <laughs> I, I have no idea what their thought process is. Yeah, you never really know with Dark Horse. Um, But we talked, last time we talked about it on the show, like, you know, it it wasn't exactly a super high place on the Diamond Top 100 list, but the fact that it even made made it on the list seems to suggest that it's it's doing well enough. I would I would think uh, people are definitely buying it, which is good. Um, but uh, no, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for that. And uh, I think I think that's our only piece of licensing or or not licensing uh, serialization news. Pretty much, and now we can move into licensing news, starting off with a big one. Dark Horse has licensed the Space Battleship Yamato 2199 manga, and is going to be bringing it to English audiences this year, with the first volume out on July 31st. This is the adaptation of the new anime project of Space Battleship Yamato that came out in the last couple of years. So we're looking very much looking forward to reading the manga version of that. And yeah, we have the classic Space Battleship Yamato also coming out this year. So lots to look forward to there if you're a Yamato fan. It's also being translated by Zach Davison. As it should be, as a since he's such a huge Leiji Matsumoto fan. Saving manga one classic volume at a time. Basically. We've also got a new Sublime license. Fourth Generation Head Tatsuyuki Oyamato. By uh, Scarlet Berico. It's a series that Viz Media is going to release in print and digital this August. And it is a one volume series. Individual chapters are actually available in English right now on the rental website under the title Tatsuyuki Oyomano the Fourth. So you can head over there if you want a preview of it. Sublime has previously published. We're going to quiz Jackass manga in English, which I've heard a lot of good things about. So hopefully this series will also be quite entertaining. The premise of it is that completely disarmed by Minori gang leader, Tatsuyuki Oyamato is sent down to Fukuoka to expand his family territory in Kyushu with the intention of revitalizing himself. However, after arriving in Fukuoka, this made Tatsuyuki is still distraught and completely drunk lying in a park. He's taken down by someone and treated into an evening with his wildest desires. So yeah, I'm done with a gay Yakuza manga, so very much looking forward to reading this. Mm, sounds interesting. Um, but I guess we'll move on to from that to uh, some Yen Press licenses, which uh, none of which at this time have any sort of release date. Uh, but we'll just kind of go through them here. 
Uh, first up, we have the announcement of the license for the manga adaptation in particular of Do You Love Your Mom and Her Two-Hit Multi-Target Attacks, which um, we have mentioned on the show as uh, Yen Press also has the license to the light novel version of this. And, you know, we, we, we talked about it on the show already, so we don't necessarily have to go through that again. Um, <laughs> but um, after that, we also have Overlord a la carte, which uh, basically is just sort of a anthology based on Overlord by various different artists, um, which, you know, if you're a fan of Overlord, there you go. There's that. Um, next up, we have uh, Reborn as a Polar Bear, The Legend of How I Became a Forest Guardian. Uh, by Hoki Kusano, which is basically another manga adaptation of a light novel, in which uh, after a climber falls off a mountain, he wakes up as a polar bear. Now he has to protect two werewolf sisters and use his wits to navigate the dangers of the forest, and also become an extra on a TV show called Lost, which I hear is going to be pretty big. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So that, that sounds like it could be kind of interesting. Uh, And then after that, we have Phantom Tales of the Night, which is about a location called the Thundercloud Inn, a curious establishment that opens its doors to the troubled masses, human or otherwise. Uh, But to pay for the stay, the equally curious innkeeper takes payment only in the form of one's deepest secrets. Uh, So that sounds very mysterious. Uh, I would definitely read that. Uh, Next up, we have The War Ends the World slash Raises the World. Uh, in which a great war has raged for years between the scientifically advanced Empire and Nebulous, uh, the realm of magical girls, until the youngest knight ever to receive the title of the Empire's strongest meets the princess of the rival nation, though they are sworn enemies. Uh, The knight is taken by her beauty and dignity, and the princess is moved by his strength and way of life. Uh, Which, you know, another, uh, another fantasy light novel series sounds interesting. Um, and then next up, we have Combatants Will Be Dispatched, uh, which apparently is from the author of the Konosuba light novel. So that's interesting. Oh, uh-huh. ooh. Uh, in which the synopsis reads, uh, it's tough being on the front lines for an evil organization, and nobody knows this better than number six, a combatant for the Kisaragi Secret Society, uh, dispatched to a distant alien world on a reconnaissance mission. Uh, he's got a new android partner, but how are you supposed to plan an Illustar invasion of a fantasy world? Hmm, what a question. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, anyone who's a fan of Konosuba will probably end up checking this out. Um, and then next up, we have the Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Hey, how about a treason? In parentheses in which the prince of a small, na- small and weak kingdom uh, strives for only one thing. Uh, selling out his country and living out a quiet life in leisure. Uh, sadly, the greatest <laughs> obstacle he will ever face is his own genius. As he achieves ever greater accomplishments, he earns more and more favor with the people of his kingdom, which makes fulfilling his own dreams all the harder. So um, this definitely sounds like a really funny light novel series. I, I would definitely check this out. But uh, that's pretty much about it for uh, the Press licenses. Um, I don't know. Uh, any of those titles sound interesting to you guys? The series by the Konosuba author definitely sounds very intriguing. Uh, I also think the premise for Genius Prince also sounds quite funny. And Polar Bear sounds very cute. And I've 
kept hearing so many things about Do You Love Your Mom and her two hit multi target attacks that I am very curious to check that series out to see what, <laughs> what the deal is with it. So, yeah, I, I think this is a really nice crop of licenses that they've got here. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check out Combandit, uh, Combandit's Will Be Dispatched, especially since it's by uh, Akatsuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think that's about it for licensing news. That there it is, and now we have some big industry news. As if Shueisha didn't already astound with the Manga Plus app, they're also establishing a new joint venture with Dina for Digital Entertainment Services, which their new project is going to launch on February 21st, called Shueisha Dina Projects. And this new company is going to seek to leverage Shueisha's IP creation and licensing with Dina's internet services to jointly develop IP games and digital entertainment services for Japan and overseas. These companies have previously collaborated in various fields, including games, avatars, and ebook sales before. So, yeah, I guess this is going to be more of that. And this new joint venture is going to be located in Shibuya, Tokyo. Dina's Keiko Watanabe is going to serve as a representative director and president. Oshuisha's Masahiko Ibaraki will be one of the directors. And Dina is investing 51% into this company, while Shuisha is investing the remaining 49%. And so, yeah, Dina has also been known to create the Manga Box app, uh, along all sorts of other apps and smartphone games and all that stuff. So we should look forward to seeing similar projects in their collaboration with Shueisha. Uh, if I remember correctly, the uh, this company in particular also previously owned uh, my anime list. Or not owned, but, you know, had a stake in it at least, I think. Indeed they did. And I think they still do? I forget. But, yeah. So interesting to see what this new Shueisha-Dina partnership will lead to. And now we're going to talk about a subject that I am always very happy to talk about. Dragon Ball Super Broly. Specifically, its success at the North American box office, where very recently it has officially become the number three all-time anime film in the U.S., not just in the amount of money gross, but in tickets sold. So now even adjusted for inflation, Broly is the number three anime film in North America of all time, which is quite outstanding. It has sold over 3,200,000 tickets. Wow. Uh, we don't even have, have the final numbers yet, but this is just the gross as of uh, January 28, 2019. So it's probably even higher now. The film is still in theaters at the time of this recording. I don't know if it'll still be by the time this episode is released, but it's been doing quite well at the box out office. Number three, I mean, again, number four on its opening weekend, number 10 on the second weekend. You know, it's lost all the theaters, so it's no longer in the top 10. But still, the fact that it, with its limited release, has done so well at the box office is a huge positive sign for the future of anime theatrical releases in the U.S. And, of course, the future of Dragon Ball in general. But speaking of the box office, let's talk about the J Japanese box office. Talk about a few of the highest grossing anime films in the Japanese box office in 2018. There's quite a few that grossed over 1 billion yen at the Japanese box office last year. And we'll just talk about a few of them now. 
To start off, though, I think it's kind of interesting to note that the most successful film at the box office last year in Japan was Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen biopic, which earned 10.46 billion yen. So that's the highest grossing film in the Japanese box office last year. But now let's talk about the highest grossing anime film at the Japanese box office, and that is also the highest grossing uh, Japanese film at the box office in Japan last year in general. It was Detective Conan Zero the Enforcer earned 9.18 billion yen. Zero and the Enforcer is the highest grossing Detective Conan movie to date. It's done quite well in international markets as well. So, I mean... I think we have a good guess why it's so successful. Yeah, <laughs> a certain character being a, in a prominent role in that. certain uh, titular character in the title is notably a huge draw. Whose spinoff is selling like crazy. <laughs> and Zero the Enforcer earned significantly more than the next anime film in that gross over a billion yen. That's Doraemon the movie, 2018, Nobody's Treasure Island. That grossed point. So 7 billion yen, so Zero and the Enforcer grows like almost double of that. And that's also the number three uh, Japanese film at the Japanese box office last year, too. So goes to show you the power of Zero the Enforcer there. But yeah, uh, Doraemon, of course, Doraemon films always do quite well. Not an anime film, but I want to mention Shoplifters because that is nominated for Best Foreign Feature at the uh, Oscars this year. I'm definitely curious to see that. But it did quite well in its domestic run in Japan. It got uh, 4.55 billion yen. And right under it, at number five, in terms of overall Japanese gross, is Second Kintama live-action movie. That earned over 3.7 billion yen. So I think maybe we'll see more live-action Kintama films, like, considering that that it's, like, in the top five Japanese films of Japanese box office. Kintama 2 is really good. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to see what they could do with Kintama 3. Oh, yeah, you guys saw that on... Um... On a plane ride, uh, didn't you? We did, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Delta. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I'm I'm kind of sad that still hasn't gotten any like North American screenings here yet. I I can't imagine that first one brought in a lot of money last year <laughs> over here. And that'd be unfortunate if they don't do theatrical screens, or at the very least, a DVD release of it, because it is such it is quite an enjoyable movie. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I I still haven't seen it. <laughs> Well, you just need to book a Delta flight and watch it. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, the next film I want to talk about is Pokemon The Power of Us. That earned over 3.09 billion yen. And that's, so that's the third highest grossing anime film in Japan last year. And the fourth highest grossing anime film and tenth overall in terms of Japanese films of Japanese box office is Mirai by Morisoda. That earned 2.88 billion yen. Mirai kind of surprised me, because if I recall, initially it was underperforming in the box office. I still think this is underperforming compared to their expectations, but it's in the top ten for Japanese films of the Japanese box office, so... Yeah. Good for a soda. I mean, Mirai was a good film. Like, it definitely was. better than uh, Boy and the Beast. Oh, much better, yes. <laughs> but the next anime film, which is fifth overall in terms of uh, top-grossing anime films last year, was Yokai Watch Shadowside. That earned over 2.4 billion yen. Then after that, we got Crayon Shinchan first serving Kung Fu Boys Ramen Rebellion. That's quite a mouthful of a title, but that earned 1.84 billion yen. And after that, we've got uh, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes, 
that earned 1.72 billion yen. And after that, we've got the latest Precure movie, Hagoto Precure, Futariwa Precure All-Stars Memory, with 1.15 billion yen. So those are all the Japanese films that grossed over a billion yen at the Japanese box office last year. Quite interesting to see the most successful anime films of the Japanese box office last year. And I think we could see that reflected in some way with the films that did come over in into North America. I think we definitely could see uh, that success translate over to their theatrical runs in the U.S. as well. In the terms of the likes of Mirai, Pokemon Power of Us, My Hero Academic Two Heroes. Well, I mean, My Hero Academic Two Heroes did significantly better than Mirai and Pokemon did uh, over here in the North American box office. But still, those were also pretty high performers of the new theatrical releases that came out last year in the U.S. And Dragon Ball Super Broly is not on the 2018 list because that is being tracked for 2019 because it's opened in most markets internationally in 2019. And if you want to know how Broly is doing in terms of international markets, it's currently the number two film internationally with over a hundred million US dollars earned uh, right behind Glass at the number two spot. Domestically in the US, it's I think probably number six at this point because I think that uh, it's been surpassed by a few other films now that its uh, growth has slowed down. But yeah, I mean, it's done quite well for itself in the US and internationally again. So, yeah, always find box office discussion very interesting. But now, moving on from that, we've got a piece of news very close to dear to V-Lord's heart. Yes, yeah, so in uh, issue 10 of Weekly Shonen Jump, the editorial department uh, left a message for fans of uh, Teenage Renaissance David. And basically, they told fans to send in letters to support a potential anime or, like, ask for an anime from uh, Shueisha. So this is kind of interesting because ever since like I'm from Japan got an anime, a lot of people have been kind of wondering what does that mean for David because they both started at the same time. They're both gag manga. They both sell about the same. And it seems like from this, at least my perspective on it, it seems like David's not going to be leaving anytime soon. It seems like they want to have plans for like some sort of anime and they're trying to gauge interest through this. Which is pretty interesting to see, for sure. And I would love to see a David anime, because <laughs> Teenage Renaissance David is hilarious. It is a treat to read every week. It, it's just so amazing. So yeah, hopefully uh, lots of fans in Japan send in uh, these letters so that we get this anime. Because, God, I, I want it so bad. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Well, write those letters and show your support for a David anime. And next up, we've got the Yalza list for 2018, the top 10 graphic novels for teens and beyond, and two manga ranked in Yalza's top 10 list last year, those being My Brother's Husband and Silver Spoon. So uh, very happy to see those two titles getting nods so well and rank in the top 10 for the American Library Association's Young Adult Library Services Association's list for great graphic novels for teens last year. And there are a bunch of other titles that were on their list of 95 comics that they recommended last year. Some standouts being The Bride Was a Boy, uh, Again, Black Torch, How How to Ride, Flying Witch, Frout Boss, The Guild for the Other Side, I Hear the Sunspot, Laid Back Camp, Nameless Asterism, The Promise Neverland, Spirit Circle. 
Star Wars Lost Wars, Sweet Blue Flowers, To Your Eternity, Waiting for Spring, and Your Name. So, quite a lot of love shown towards some great new manga that came out last year. Yeah, a lot of good titles on that list. And speaking of great manga, we've got another Kodansha Humble Bundle Deal that's currently being offered in which you can get $1,000 worth of manga, 90 volumes for a mere 20 bucks. And they've got series like Battle Angel, Lita, Noragami, that time I got reincarnated as a slime and sells at work among many, many others. And you can get this fantastic deal until Wednesday, February 13th at 10.59 Pacific Time. We've already got our bundle. I'm definitely looking forward to digging into Alita before the film because I have heard that the Alita film is best enjoyed by those who already know the manga story. So definitely, if you're planning to watch Alita, um, why don't you read the manga and get this humble bundle deal to read the manga alongside dozens of other great series. Like all of Mushishi. All of Mushishi, yeah. You can get the complete run of Mushishi and that's, I mean, you can get that in digital, but this is so much cheaper to just get the sum of over here. And it's all DRM free. All DRM free. So you can download it. It's never going to go away. You don't have to worry about the, a site shutting down or ever. You can download it, which is really nice. It's, it, it's amazing that, um, that we even have the opportunity to buy this much. And I, 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 I hope, I hope they keep this up because I, I really, I really enjoy I really enjoy buying their humble bundles. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want a chance to own uh, a lot of manga for uh, not that much money, uh, we'll definitely leave a link to this in the show notes for anybody who wants to get in on this. Because uh, yeah, like we said, hopefully by the time this episode's up, you'll you'll still have plenty of time to to uh, to purchase this bundle. And that does it for the news. And now it's time for the main topic, the main event, what you've all been waiting for, the results of this year's annual Manga Merits Podcast Survey. I am excited, in case you couldn't tell. So our survey has went live on January 4th, 2019 of this year, and it closed the morning that we're recording this on February 3rd, 2019, so it was up for an entire month, pretty much. And what's nice, what I am very happy about with the survey, is that we got more responses than we did last year by about 80% more. Like, we had about 25 responses on the 2018 survey, but for this year's survey, we have 44. We got some this morning even that I even had again, hadn't had a chance to look through yet, so the new updated statistics are going to be new to me as we go through this, which I'm looking forward to seeing. And so, why don't we go in order? The first question we asked is... What is the current age of our listeners? And so we have the results right here. It appears most of our listeners are between the ages of 18 and 24, with over 52.3% of survey takers listing their age between 18 to 24 years old. So, you know, younger people. Yeah, around our age. Well, yeah, maybe Colton's a little older than this age range. Oh yeah, I I am just outside of the age range. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
keep forgetting how old I am. I see. I say that, and I know, like, if Bomber's listening, he he's gonna like kill me for saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Bomber's age range, the next highest category in terms of age representation with forty percent of the bullets was the age range of twenty five to thirty four years old. Okay, that's good. We we appeal to to the to 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 people my demographic represent. Yeah. So you and Bomber have some friends. So there we go. <laughs> Heck, we even appeal to some people older because there are quite a few listeners who are between the ages of thirty five to forty four years old, with eleven point four percent of the votes. Hmm. Unfortunately, nobody over the age of forty five listens to us, but you know that's fine. And no one under the age of 18, but that's because Spark of Spirit, I don't think, took the poll this year. <laughs> so he couldn't lie about his age and, <sighs> and mess with our statistics. But yeah, that's very cool to see. One thing I want to do is compare with last year's survey, and it's very interesting. I think that basically the statistics for are kind of pretty similar for this. Right down to the exact same number, 40% for the 25-34 age range is the same between the 2017 survey and 2018 survey. So that's quite interesting to see. But we definitely have more listeners over the age of 35 and more listeners in the 18-24 to age range. And no listeners under 12 years old because the people who said that in previous years were lying about their age. So, (laughs) Oh, wow. Scandalous. But moving on, we've asked people what their preferred gender identity is, what gender do they identify themselves as, and the vast majority of our listeners are male, with over 56.8% of the votes uh, claiming uh, being our, our, being, uh, our listeners identify as male, and uh, we have 29.5% of our listeners who identify as female. And then we have 6.8% listeners who don't identify as either male or female. And we have, again, 6.8% of listeners who prefer not to state their gender identity. So our show still skews more male than female listeners. But this is an improvement over last year, at least a little marginally, where last year it was definitely two-thirds of the listenership identified as male, and this year it is a little closer to 50% identify as male, and then the rest identify as women or other gender identities. So a slight improvement in this area, but a lot more work can be done. Then we've got statistics about where our listeners live. And the vast majority of our listeners, with over 54.5% of them, live in the United States. And then the second highest country where we have a lot of listenership is Canada, which has 11.4% of the votes here. We've also got some Polish listeners with 4.5% of the vote. We also got UK listeners with 4.5% of the vote. We've got a listener in Italy, a listener in Romania. We've got a few other listeners in other countries as well. I'm scrolling down the other category here to see if anyone stated where else they listen to the show from. Can't find 
any uh, countries that our people have mentioned, but that is a sizable chunk of the results here, which 20.5% of the vote saying they live in a country other than the choices we listed on our survey. So very, very interesting. But it, it definitely seems that we skew more towards audiences in North America, for sure. But next, we asked our listeners where they follow us on social media. And 69%, basically over two-thirds, say they follow us on Twitter. We have about 19% who say they follow us on YouTube. We've got 5.2% who say they follow us on Tumblr. And we have 6.9% who don't follow us on social media at all. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not too super surprised as where uh, the Twitter is where mostly everybody follows us. Twitter is where we're more active. And that's true, yeah. But yeah, I guess as far as our YouTube goes. Yeah, I also asked uh, whether our listeners are subscribed to our YouTube channel, and the vast majority aren't. About two-thirds of the listeners, 63.6% of listeners, are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, while 36.4% are. Hmm, which I, which I thought was interesting. It, the, the, this one seemed pretty even for a while. For a while, but then as it went on, it definitely seemed in favor of not. It's very interesting, because last year, most of our listeners who took our survey were subscribed to our YouTube channel. Last year, 60% of listeners said they were subscribed to our YouTube channel, as opposed to only 40% who weren't. And also, it's very interesting to see how much more skewed towards Twitter in terms of where our listeners follow us on social media are this year. Last year, 50% of our listeners follow us on social media, and there were more followers on our, to our YouTube channel as well. So this year is way more skewed in favor of Twitter. It, pro- it probably also because, you know... Uh, we we've been doing a lot of advertising for our survey on Twitter, so you know. Yeah, th- those are uh, daily survey posts. <laughs> and next up, we asked where our listeners listen to our podcast, and this is very interesting because even though the vast majority of our listeners are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, the majority do listen to us on YouTube. Thirty point five percent of our listeners listen to us on YouTube. 27.1% of our listeners listen to us on iTunes. 16.9% listen to us on all comedycom We got 6.8% who listen to us on Spotify. We got a few people who listen to us on TuneIn, Podbean, and Player FM. And we have 10% of our listeners who don't listen to us on any of these platforms, but listen to us on some other platform, hmm. which is very interesting. Yeah, interesting how... Um... Most of them seem to listen to us on YouTube. That's that's definitely interesting. I just kind of assumed, you know, because like per- personally, I prefer listening to all my podcasts just through through the Apple Podcast app. So I mean, yeah, that that that's uh, that that's surprising for me to see. Yeah, I mainly do that too out of convenience. Like that and the website are mainly how I listen to the podcast. I'm very much the same, though. I do understand why a lot of people would listen to us on YouTube more because. I do default to listening to stuff on YouTube if I have the choice. Because YouTube generally has a better player. And it's generally a better like interface that just makes it easier to listen to stuff and keep listening to stuff. 
I guess, but like if you're on the go and you want to listen to a podcast, YouTube isn't really ideal. It isn't, since you can't download things to listen on YouTube. But I also think that YouTube is an easier place to discover new content and for people to discover the podcast just because of how the algorithm works and the fact that you can get your videos in people's recommended feeds. No, I mean, I I guess I hadn't really thought about it like that before. Next, we asked our listeners where they started listening to our podcast. And now this is quite interesting to me. Because it seems the vast majority of our listeners, 59.1% of our listeners, discovered us in 2018. This is double, over double the amount of listeners who discovered us and have been listening to us since 2017, which takes up 27.3% of the vote, which itself is double the amount of listeners who have been listening to us since 2016, which is only 13.6% of the vote. So we have doubled our audience with each successive year. That's one nice upward trend. It is. Mm. Next year, I wonder if we'll have uh, over 40 people from who have discovered us in 2019 take this survey if this trend follows through. It's just going to be like a po- the positive side of a parabola is going like, to infinitely go up. Maybe. <laughs> what is your opinion on this, Golden? Uh, I'm definitely very happy that our, um, that our listenership has gone up. Uh, that, that, that just, it just, it just tickles me pink. (laughs) I mean, I think that, well, for one thing, I'm glad I phrased the question a lot better this year, I think, because last year I was like, when did you start listening to our podcast? And it was like, oh, less than one year, one or two years and stuff. And I think that confused (laughs) people last year but this year is like what year did you start listening to us and i think that has definitely that definitely is like much clearer for people to understand and it also like helps us now understand hey this is the trend of like how many people are discovering us like and this is the upward trend which i am quite happy to see yeah as someone who uh, used to intern with survey data Making sure those questions are worded the right way can, like, drastically change your response results. So I I think this year, overall, even just on the general questions, I think you did a way better job of, like, narrowing down what you really want want from each question. Mm -hmm. Thank you, V-Lord. I definitely have to agree on that front, yeah. Next, we asked our listeners, uh, how often do they listen to our podcasts. And the vast majority of listeners, 50%, listen to us for one to two hours a month, which is about the length of one of our podcast episodes on the average. 22.7% of our listeners listen to us for two to four hours a month, which is about two episodes. 15.9% of our listeners listen to us four to six hours a month, which is about three episodes. Uh, 6.8% of our listeners listen to us six to nine hours a month about three, four episodes. And then 4.5% of our listeners listen to us for over 10 hours a month. So many, many episodes. I can't, um, I can't imagine, this is just a me thing in particular, I can't imagine listening to myself for 10 plus hours. These pe- Those people are crazy. Well, that's because you are yourself and I am myself and we might not like to listen back to ourselves in our <laughs> podcast, but other listeners might not be able to get enough of us. Would we you want to listen to anyone for that? all day long. 
Would you want to listen to anyone for 10 hours, though? Let's be honest here. Very, very few people, actually. Very few, I think. Um, I don't know. It it really depends. For me, it depends on the podcast. Even if I'm a big fan of someone, I think I would want to take a break at some point. To compare with last year's results is quite interesting because last year... The majority of our listeners, about 48%, say they listen to us to two, two to four hours a month, whereas only 28% of listeners last year said they listened to us one to two hours a month. So it seems, on average, most of our listeners listen to us less per month than in the previous year, which I find quite interesting. Mm, I, I wonder if that's maybe because, like, maybe they only listen to, like, one episode of the podcast, depending on, like, you know, what we cover and what's interesting to them, or maybe they just, like, maybe they skip the news entirely and they're mostly just interested in our, like, discussion topics or whatnot. I wouldn't be surprised. I definitely think different listeners engage with our show in different ways, depending on what they are interested in specifically. Because, you know, I I talk to people who, you know, mostly listen to our podcast for just news or whatnot. So, yeah, like we said, it, it depends on what people are interested in, which... You know, I I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Next, we asked our listeners what their ideal podcast length was. And the vast majority, 61.4% of the listeners, said that they uh, think that one to two hours is the ideal podcast length. Yeah, that, that mean, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I'd I agree, agree on that. that, too. Like, especially since nowadays for podcasts, I'm usually listening to them when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm not going to be driving for more than, like, an hour at most. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, ideal to have, like, just a podcast that I can, like, do on each single car ride. I've actually found myself quite fond of podcasts one hour or less, which is the second highest voted on category here, with about 18.2% of the votes. After that, we've got listeners who want to listen to a podcast about two to three hours long, which is which have uh, 13.6% of the votes. And 6.8% of the votes are for a three-plus-hour-long podcast. So there are some listeners who do enjoy our really long episodes. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm always at odds with myself when it comes to, like, editing the show because it's like... Because I... I, I, I even before we put up the survey, I knew that most people, you know, already preferred, you know, uh, basically prefer it when our episodes aren't too much longer than like two hours. And, you know, I, I, we constantly try our best to try to streamline our shows as much as we can, but you, you know, but then there are also episodes where it's like, we can, we, I think we can get away with a longer length, like our huge show to jump retrospective or, uh, you know, um, our, our, our upcoming, uh, princess jellyfish episode, which, at this point in time, it's still just a little over three hours, but I'm I'm hoping to maybe get that down to like two and a half if I can. But uh, yeah, so there are episodes like that where it's like, I can't, I can't really help the length because our conversations are just that good. Or at least I find them that interesting and I hope other people do too. Um, but, but, but it's also that thing where it's like, I personally like longer podcasts, you know, especially, especially when it's like, you know, I like listening to podcasts to kind of help the time go by and like you know if i'm like like lately i've had enough downtime like at at my job where it's like i can kind of get away with listening to podcasts because we're not super busy and so it's like you know in that case you know for me in particular it's like the more content the better um 
and you know i'm I'm assuming you know most people also like really long podcasts for like long commutes and whatnot so yeah so it, i mean it depends i do think it's interesting that more listeners uh stated that they like podcasts less than one hour long last year than they did in 20 and that they did in the previous year where we only had basically one vote for podcasts under one hour in last year's survey but this year that's the second highest category maybe people have less free time this year <laughs> perhaps <laughs> I mean, probably these are busy times we're getting in but next up we asked how often would people prefer we release our podcast and the majority with 45.5 percent of the vote is bi-weekly our original podcast schedule that somehow became weekly last year after it had became monthly for a few months in the beginning of last year and then it became weekly i promise the weekly schedule is not on purpose this is this is <laughs> this is definitely not my plan it just it just kind of yeah. happened i i hope we can get back to a bi-weekly schedule once there once we just you know because Every every time I want to get back to a bi-weekly schedule, there's always something else that comes up that we that we like that we have to talk about that we need to dedicate an episode to, and so it it just it, this is on accident. This is not on purpose. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully starting in March we can get back to the weekly schedule because I know this month we are definitely going to have to keep to that week uh, weekly schedule. You mean so. the bi-weekly schedule? Yeah, that's what I meant. Bi-weekly. <laughs> Though, to be fair. There are a lot of listeners who like the weekly schedule. That is the second highest category here with 20.5% of the vote. So there are listeners who like the weekly schedule. This is true. I mean, I guess I'm personally, I mean, I mean, I know like a, a lot of people who run their own shows and stuff, you know, they really recommend that you stick to like a consistent schedule. And I, I totally understand that. And I, I believe that as well. But also at the same time, I'm okay, I'm okay with going back and forth between weekly and bi-weekly, depending on how much we have to talk about. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I think that it's going to depend on what we want from the show. Like, and how much... There's a lot of factors that are going to go into, like, how often we should release the show, I think. That is going to depend on, like, how much time we can spend on the show and how much time we need to spend on other things in our life and all sorts of various factors that will affect that. But I do think the bi-weekly schedule is probably a healthy schedule just to, you know, give us enough time to do the show while also still focusing on life things. The other category for this question is pretty high with 18.2% of the votes claiming other. And there are some interesting responses for what they mean by other. For some people, it was as simple as no preference, but then there were some interesting responses, like one person wrote once, and I don't know what they mean by once. Do they just want us to release it once a year? Do they <laughs> just want us to release one podcast and be done? Yeah, that's... Um, Who knows? That's a little vague, yeah. Yeah. Another person wrote, every six hours, do it, which uh, would be quite the challenge. Yeah, like, you know, we usually have, a like, we've had a lot to talk about lately, but I don't we have that much to talk about that would definitely be like one day where we're challenging ourselves to do it but no we're not gonna do that like year round yep i would never do that ever so don't hope don't plan on 24 it. hour podcast nope <laughs> 
I actually want to do a 24-hour podcast at some point. Hopefully, uh, I can do that this year because I really had a plan for one last year that didn't work out. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, anyway, another response was that it doesn't really matter to me so I only listen when the topics are to my interest. But I guess more often is better since there will be more chances for a topic of interest to appear. So like we were talking about earlier, some listeners only listen to the show when it's about a topic they're really interested in. Yeah, I yeah that that's yeah I I agree with that essentially. Um, what uh, one of one of our uh, respondents uh, said weekly with one special episode, and yeah, I think that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, where it's like you know we we kind of have our plan schedule, but it's like uh oh, well we have this one thing we want to talk about, let's put it on our off week, like you know. We're not strangers to doing that kind of thing. And then one comment is saying, you know, weekly up our weekly is great, but don't worry if your schedules are too busy. So it's very nice that our listeners are kind of like looking out for us. Thank you. That's that's very nice of you. They aren't making you into slave monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um, But I guess we can just move on to the next question. Yep, and our next question is, what are listeners' favorite segment of Manga Mavericks is? And the vast majority, with 63.6% of the votes, is manga discussions and reviews. So our discussions of manga series and our reviews are definitely our most popular segment. I think we definitely have the most fun doing those. But coming up in second, with 11.4% of the votes, is industry news. Mm, which is interesting, because I feel like we, we don't usually have a lot of that kind of thing to talk about. Yeah, I usually feel industry news of the categories which we divide the news into is usually the one where we get the least amount of news. And some sometimes, depending on like the news piece, like probably the least amount of discussion. Mm-hmm. It's also very interesting because on last year's survey, industry news didn't get a whole lot of votes. So we're interested to see that it's jumped up to being the second most popular category. It's probably just one of those things where it's like, you know, people are just interested in what's happening in the industry in general, regardless of I mean, like what yeah. we have. To, we had a, yeah, we had a lot of shakeups last year that we had to devote a lot of time to talk about, like the huge Shonen Jump overhaul. So I think definitely there was a lot of big industry shakeups we're talking about last year. Uh, next up after that, with 6.8% of the votes is licensing news. Which honestly, I would have, I would have thought would have been like one of our more popular, uh, or at least I thought would have been more popular than like industry news in particular. Yeah, last year was our second most popular category, but for this year's survey, it's coming in at number three after industry news. Mm. I know for sure there are people who listen to us uh, for uh, for licensing news as well. Some people might miss all the new licensing announcements, but so they appreciate our roundups. Especially with all those seven seas bombs. Oh, especially. <laughs> it's hard to keep it's hard to keep up for sure, because they drown us in those licensing announcements. So I'm sure a lot of people are grateful for the, our show for like just recapping everything that they're licensing. Oh hey, here's like twenty new licenses this week. Yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> toss them out there. Good good luck figuring them all out. <laughs> We've also got votes for intros, book scan lists, jumpstart reviews, serialization, news, and anime and movie news. So a lot of different segments that people are really fond of. Yeah, not a lot of uh, votes for uh, for jumpstarts in particular, which uh, is interesting considering our um, our next question. Yeah, and it's and also interesting considering that last year that was also tied with licensing news as our second most popular segment. 
But yes, on the subject of jump starts, recently, because of the new Shonen Jump change and basically the end of the jump start branding in Shonen Jump, since now Wiz is basically going to be picking up most new Shonen Jump series for their digital Shonen Jump site. We had we were discussing between ourselves, should we continue to discuss new Shonen Jump series, new series on the podcast now that they are now guaranteed to be picked up and like they aren't just previews and list, uh, that, you know, uh, will get added depending on Shonen Jump survey results. My thought process with this is that I think it's valuable to cover new series because they are new and I don't want to just limit ourselves to Shonen Jump series. I was into the idea of this covering like every new Silent Puppet series as I mean as much as possible that came up over here. It just so happened that Shonen Jump is does the most new simulpubs of new series. Uh, so like that's why we tend to cover so many jump starts, but we have covered like other new simulpubs before. Like we covered Eden Zero, we covered Two Year Eternity, series like those. That's true. But regardless, we thought because we weren't sure about whether we should continue to cover jump starts or new series on the show or not we decided to leave this as a question for our listeners to answer to let us know what you guys think and the vast majority of you want us to continue to cover the first chapters of new show and jump series and other cyber pumps on the show 93.2 percent of our listeners who took the survey want us to keep covering new sh- new series the first chapters of and discuss them on the show yeah it's unanimous uh, practically unanimous, yeah. Not a whole lot of people don't want us to do this. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that there is a lot of value in covering them. And I do feel that it, it's kind of a bigger issue of the fact that there aren't that many simul pubs going on outside of, like, the Shonen Jump, like, kind of landscape. Like, right. you have, like, 40 simul pubs between, like, all, like, the Shoeisha stuff right now. And you have, like probably like 10 outside of that like Kodansha and like other places and another factor is that with the Shonen Jump service it is it was already a part of something we were subscribed to in terms of the Shonen Jump magazine and now the Shonen Jump site so we have free or pretty easy access to them at our fingertips whereas with new simulpods of series that Kodansha might put out like, oftentimes it'll be behind, like, a paywall subscription, so we'd have to pay for the new chapters in order to read them. Or, like, there'll be a gap between when the Kadansha starts simul-publishing them and when they this when they decide to add it to, like, Crunchyroll manga, or when Crunchyroll manga decides that they want to pick up more Kadansha stuff. Yeah, I mean, so. the thing with Kodansha, too, is they usually don't start simul-pubs right away, yeah. either, like... We got a domestic girlfriend simul pub like two hundred chapters in. Yeah, exactly. Like Kadansha USA just doesn't do simul pubs in chapter one all that often. Same thing with Yen Press, and Yen Press also has a higher price point with their chapters yeah. with two ninety nine, one ninety nine, or two ninety nine per chapter, depending on what kind of series it is. Like they they've started doing it a bit more recently with like those Goblin Slayer side stories and like yeah. Death Mount Death Play. But, like, even then, Yen Press doesn't do that many simulpubs, unfortunately. So, like, when it comes to covering new series, it is unfortunately skewed to more towards Shonen Jump and Shueisha titles. Hmm. And see, my other thing that uh, I forgot to mention earlier was that um, 
you know, with with the jumpstart discussions in particular, I always found those really interesting because, like, with with the because you know how the jumpstarts worked was, you know, we would only get like, you know, basically the first three chapters of all these new series, and it wasn't it wasn't always guaranteed that they get picked up for a simulpub. So, like, I to me that kind of made them that made jumpstart discussions feel a little more interesting, a little more special because it's like we're talking about a thing that. We don't know if we're going to get more of, and it was kind of yeah. the, that particular novelty of the discussion made the discussions, you know, more interesting and more fun. And so, you know, that that that's why I kind of started questioning. Well, so yeah, I guess that that's like really the one thing that kind of saddens me about covering simulpubs now is that we kind of lose that novelty. But at the same time, we're sort of almost guaranteed to get more. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's like you can actually read this to the actual finish, regardless of it is successful or if it gets cancelled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the call to action element of uh, the Jumpstart discussions is no longer there. Like, whereas before, we were like, hey, we're if you want to see more of the series, go vote in the Shonen Jump survey. And we had the link to the survey where our listeners could vote to if they want to read more of the series. Mm-hmm. We don't have that element na- anymore now that, you know, we will either get them or we won't when we decides to license a new Shonen Jump series. The real question now, though, is if we should beg for Jump Square Jump Plus series. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but we, we still don't, like, have, we're, we don't have a preview element for those anymore. But regardless, uh, to me, like, I like that call to action part of our Jumpstart discussions, but I think just the fact of discussing a new series when it's starting and just discussing, hmm, where do we want to see it go from here? Like, is this something that they're going to continue following? I think that element was always very entertaining and, like, more as valuable as, like, the call to action on it. I think that it's still worth discussing new series because of that. Yeah, I mean, one part of, like, the jumpstart structure that I always kind of thought of ever since, I think, I think Maxi mentioned this on the show, actually, like, how generally Shonen Jump series especially have this kind of, like, thing where it wants to sell you by chapter three and i feel talking about that still is still very interesting because you can learn a lot about a series from just three chapters like jujutsu kaisen is an example for me where like just those three chapters you can get an exponential understanding of like what this story wants to do and what it's aspiring to be and i feel like if you are discussing an entire series or if the series like you aren't pushing the series to get likes or something. There's still an important aspect of talking about that. Most definitely. So the listeners have spoken. We will continue to discuss new series when they debut, a new simulpubs when they start being simulpublished, and uh, that trend is going to basically continue as soon as the Manga Plus episode comes out, because we'll definitely talk about as many of the new series exclusive to that as we can probably way too many series oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but moving on to our next question we asked what was our listeners favorite podcast thumbnail last year so something that we started doing last year of course was our original podcast thumbnails that i drew and we did like i did a few of them towards the end of the year and so i put up about 10 choices on the survey for listeners to vote for like all the ones that I drew by hand, as well as three of the Photoshop ones that I thought were like the most interesting graphic designs that were like, I thought, you know, this this is a really good transformative graphic design that, yeah, I am very happy with how this thumbnail came out. And so the most popular thumbnail last year was 
the My Hero Academia Two Heroes and All My Rising thumbnail from episode 63. The one where Maxi has crazed pretzel eyes as we are sitting in the movie theater and he's drooling hungrily at the large Bavarian pretzel that I am holding in my hand. Oh my god. <laughs> ah, that, was, that was pretty great. Uh, it looks like in second place it, with uh, 17.5% of the votes is um, is the one you drew for uh, for our jumpstart discussion of uh, Teenage Renaissance David and I'm from Japan, which again, I still think is probably one of our better ones as well. Yeah, that was one that I definitely got a lot of positive feedback for when I posted it. And yeah, I, I really love this one as well because it is such a funny idea and it's a crossover that I want to see happen too. It, so. it really should happen. That'd be amazing. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's inevitable. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess as far as third place goes with uh, 12.5% of the votes is uh, is your uh, Bakuman one. Yeah, the very first one I drew. And again, one that a lot of people really liked, especially for the image of Nick in his like Doraemon avatar persona ripping a Bakuman volume in half. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, that was that was pretty great. That that looks so cool. Yeah, um, I'm just happy that all the top picks are 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 ones that you drew. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm quite happy about that. I mean, I made all the thumbnails that are on this podcast thumbnail selection anyway. But yeah, I'm happy that the ones that I've drawn were quite popular. <laughs> so I'm continuing to do them. I did one for the latest episode, and I I worked on ones for other episodes we've done this year as well but that I burned finished by the time we posted the episode and I kind of put off finishing them in order to, you know, work on work projects, but I'll finish those before the end of the year, then uh, add them to the post retroactively. But just to continue on, basically all of the ones that are, I've lit, I had on this poll got votes. So that's quite nice to see. Of the Photoshop ones, the most popular one, with 10% of the votes was the Jujutsu Kaisen Noah's Note Ziga and more one, which, yeah, I think that was a, I think that's a pretty great graphic design. Yeah, that, like that was that. my favorite one of the non-hand-drawn ones, for sure. Just yeah. from how, like, you blended all the images together nicely. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still incredibly jealous how better your Photoshop skills are than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of practice working in graphic design, animation, and all that. Uh, there are also a lot of people who liked podcast thumbnails outside of the ones that you know I listed in this poll, and that also had quite a sizable amount of votes with seventeen point five percent. So I don't think anyone listed in particular like some of the ones they really liked, except for one person who listed that they really liked our Sleepy Princess thumbnail, which I think is that one is just like the volume cover of Sleepy Princess. So that's why I didn't include that one in the poll because that's just like the volume cover. It's just like not a whole lot of editing. Yeah, that that, that one that one I probably did. Um. But it's also worth knowing that some people have also uh, also noted that they don't see the podcast thumbnails because their podcast listening device does not show them, and they might not like see them on Twitter or the All Comic site. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to incorporate our thumbnails into into the actual post so that people can see them, which I which I think I think is a I think is a neat little addition to our post, so it's not just a bunch of text. So now, in terms of other creative aspects to our show, let's talk about 
uh, the listener results to which podcast had our, your favorite intro, ser- intro skit last year. And so the most popular intro skit with 20% of the votes was the one for our Dragon Ball Super podcast, which had the, which was, had the cold open and the Dragon Ball Super intro team parody. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I thought that one was pretty good. Um, the only problem I have with this question is that um, there were a couple that were added late that I feel like could have easily taken some of the votes, but, you know, that's just me. I mean, they were added four days late into the <laughs> thing that was like 30, that we ran for 30 days. I'm only salty because I'm I'm really proud of the Maxi kidnapping uh, intro. I was really hoping that would get more votes. <laughs> oh yeah, that Sally didn't get a whole lot of votes. But uh, just to go in order, the second highest voted one was the one for the Gintama the Live Action Movie Podcast, where Maximus from the Inhumans interrupted and threatened me as I was trying to do the intro for that podcast. That is one that I really enjoyed. I think that is my that's my favorite because i definitely that is one that still amuses me and that i re-listen to a lot because i was very proud of it uh, yeah that, that one that one is still pretty good mm-hmm. after that uh tied for turd which 12.5 percent of the votes each is the sleepy princess uh intro where we had this whole skit where i i woke up from a sleep sleepy drunken stupor and had this like mad ramble that confused and befuddled everyone. And then we had the Astro Lost uh, intro, which was a 2001 Space Odyssey parody I, as I narrated some exposition from the manga, and then that was set to the team from 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of that one. Mm-hmm. Josh's short review of Devilman comes in after that with 10% of the votes. That was quite popular. And uh, also getting votes was the Core Sensei Begins Class and Roll Call intro and uh, the Mumiji, again, the Maxi Kidnapping Us one that also got some votes. And then uh, oh, there is quite a sizable amount, amount of votes for ones other than the ones that we listed. 17.5% of listeners voted for ones outside of the ones we, li- we listed here, but I can't really think of any ones outside of the ones we listed that we did mm. well some no of them who voted other really put down like any other ones i think most of the people other voted other because they couldn't remember they probably couldn't remember or probably they just probably didn't have a favorite one in general but yeah i think we did a lot of great intros last year and next up we have the results for who was our listeners his favorite guest on manga mavericks last year and coming in with a whopping majority on this one, with 26.8% of the votes, is Bomber Sakaki, our good friend and the Shonen Sunday Guru. Yeah, clearly we need to have him on more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had him on a lot last year, but yeah, we'll definitely have him on more. Clearly it wasn't sure. enough. And speaking of people who we have on a lot, we also have Maxi coming in second place here with 19.5% of the votes. The honorary fort member of the Manga Mavericks? <laughs> he's definitely a part of the team at this point, but how often he's I mean, appeared. pretty much, yeah. Um, and then we have Mr. Jeff Rupert coming in at third with uh, about 14.5% of the votes. 
Yeah, I mean, Jeff only had one appearance last year, but it looks like the most popular guest of 2017 continues to be one of the most popular guests of 2018. After that, in fourth place, with 9.8% of the votes, we have Nick, who had a great showing on our Bakemon podcast for sure. Yeah, we definitely need to have Nick on more. I, I, I enjoy having him on. Annalisa comes in in fifth with 7.3% of the votes. And pretty much everyone else got a couple of votes. So, very happy and interesting to see, like, so many votes thrown in so many ways. And, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that our two most frequent guests are our two most popular guests. And you'll definitely be seeing more of them. But, yeah, I think it was interesting to see that, yeah, our listeners really love Bomber and really love Maxi. Then they really love pretty much everyone we get on the show. I mean, pretty much, yeah. But yeah, I guess we can move on to the next question then. Right, and this one is a pretty, of course, big one. And because we asked, what was our listeners' favorite episode of Manga Mavericks last year? And so, coming in at number one, our listeners' favorite episode of Manga Mavericks last year, with 15.9% of the votes, was our Shonen Jump Retrospective. That I that makes That makes me so happy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, after so much work that you especially put into that, I'm very glad to see that, you know, came in at number one here, because that one was definitely a labor of love. Yeah, that one that one took a lot of time and a lot of energy to not only, like, get the interviews together, but, like, just to Frankenstein it all together. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad people enjoyed that one. I... I guess I wasn't expecting this one to uh, to get a majority of the votes, but also it helps that like it's it's one of our more recent episodes too. So it was pretty much the last regular episode of the show we posted in 2018. Uh, it looks like episode uh, 49, our episode about Devilman with Josh, came in at number two with thirteen and a half percent of the votes here. That it did. All of our podcasts with Josh are always a delight, and I think our Devilman discussion, as we discussed before in our best of episode, was one of our best discussions of last year, for sure, in terms of how much we explore the themes of the series and really dig deep into its history. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, World Trigger at number three with uh, 11.5% of the votes here, which, you know, some love for World Trigger. That's always nice to see. That was another really fun one, as we got two incredibly enthusiastic fans and proponents of World Trigger on the show with Annalisa and Wensleydale, and yeah, I thought that was just an incredible discussion and an incredibly fun discussion. And it was a real treat to reread World Trigger from the beginning and just realize, wow, Ashihara has really put together a really special series. And there's just so much more to appreciate on it on the reread. And yeah, I'm so happy that World Trigger has returned finally after its long hiatus. It's as great as ever and I really can enjoy reading it again. I'm I'm glad that our Bakuman episode came in fourth with nine uh, percent of the votes here. <laughs> yeah, the Bakuman episode was a delight as well because uh, it was a very passionate episode. It definitely went 
a different different than how I was expecting when I'm, we were preparing for the episode. Like, when we just had this plan, I was like, oh, I think we'd have, like, a more balanced discussion of the Pokemon. And then it was like, whoa, I hate this series now. Nick was like, I hate this series. I didn't even read all of it. But <laughs> I, I remember when <laughs> Sam uh... was like, oh, uh, I, I didn't realize it was coming into this. But I will give a measured, uh, balanced response to to these valid criticisms. So. I, I remember when Sid was, uh, or Lum was uh, preparing for it and... Uh you just kept, like, getting more and more negative about it with every single chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of, like, it can't be as worse as Death Note in, like, terms of sexism. It's it's not going to be that bad, right? It's, it's right? bad from the very first chapter. It's worse from the very first chapter. And it just plummets in down a hole it cannot come out of in the second chapter. <laughs> and it just... It just, it doesn't. It just gets worse from there. So, guys, what's the plot of end discussion going to be? <laughs> I, f- I feel like I feel Someday. like we have we have to at some point. I'm I'm actually pretty. Yeah. I'm actually interested in reading that series, despite the criticisms I hear of it. Um, it. It's it's one of those things where it's like my curiosity about it is just so high that like I I want I like I feel like I have to check it out at some point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not good. It's kind of bad. But like, at least the art's good. Because like, <laughs> other than V Lord, I don't, I, I don't know anybody who reads it or talks about it. I never see anybody talk about it. Which Colton, there's a reason for that. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where like, I, I have to wonder if like Viz is still even like simul publishing it. It is. Yeah, the they new chapter is supposed to come out uh, today as we speak. So yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. It's well. every every chapter's on the vault, so it's low investment. Well hey. well, hey, there we go. I'll, well, a platinum end discussion coming soon. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days it'll happen. I just, I, I just kind of like the idea of our, of our feelings on, um, on these Oba and Obata series just, just becoming more and more <laughs> negative as we go down the list. Um, I, yeah. I, just, I just find it kind of funny. Um, we got a what? What is it? A a four way tie between four episodes here. That indeed we do. We got a four-way tie between our assassination classroom episode, our sleepy princess episode, our sexism in the manga industry episode, and our Dragon Ball Super podcast. I think the most surprising one to me is episode fifty-eight, sexism in the manga industry, Momoko Sakura and High Guardian Spice. Because if you ask me, I think that was probably my least favorite episode of last year because I think we really dropped the ball in terms of that discussion. But our <laughs> listeners don't don't seem to feel the same way because uh, I think they really appreciated it. So I'm glad to see that people did get something out of those that discussion, even if I feel like we could have done so much better with it. And I hope to rectify kind of the mistakes we've made in covering that topic and and handling that subject matter uh, in a later podcast. Yeah, I I feel terrible, especially because it's like, I remember being really low energy in that episode. And I was also kind of, I had to deal with some personal stuff that day. And it kind of, it kind of took, it took me out of the show, like almost entirely. And I just, I kind of wasn't all the way there. It really didn't help that these are topics that were very depressing and negative. And definitely they were, again, topics that I came in the show having more to say about. And, you know, it, they were subjects that I think would be have nice to have different perspectives on, for sure. Yeah. And especially, it was a huge mistake when talking about sex in the manga industry to not to have a woman 
on the show, especially someone who's worked in the industry on the show, to convey their thoughts. So yeah, we'll 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 fix that at some point. Yeah, that's something that we need to fix at some point and do better on and do better by. But yeah, that is on the bucket list for episodes we need to do. But I, you know, people did get a lot about. People did appreciate it. So I'm glad to see that. Even if we didn't feel great about that episode, that people did uh, find a, a, a lot to like about it. It's it's like I always say. I'm glad somebody liked it. <laughs> yeah, but on the other epi- but the other episodes in this four way tie here, uh, I think were all really great discussions. Again, the Sleepy Princess episode, the classroom episode, the Dragon Ball Super episode, all great episodes in my opinion. Yeah, pretty much. Other episodes that got uh, uh, some votes were the Skep Dance episode, the Marlene first interview, the Astro Awesome Space episode. The big news roundup surprised me because that is just a four-hour-long podcast of news in the action. But someone liked that a lot. Somebody likes news. Yeah, the Mumiji no Kisetsu and Invade You episode, the Not Another News episode. <laughs> Again, another news episode, but... Uh, the My Hero Academia episode, there's a manga for that, which is the episode where Colton and Mama discuss anime NYC news. Uh, the, if you can buy McDouble, you can support Shonen Jump, the episode where we discuss, like, this is new Shonen Jump service. I'm very proud of that episode title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very Tom-esque title, for sure. But, yeah, a lot of great selections for uh, episodes that our listeners really liked last year, and I'm... I'm pretty happy to see that the ones that our listeners like most got so many votes. And yeah, again, I think overall last year we had a pretty great batch of episodes. I think it was a very strong year for us overall. Yeah, I think so. Uh, But why don't we move on to some at movies talk? Yeah, it was also quite a strong year for at movies. I mean, we had double the amount of podcasts released last year than we did the year before. Most of which were just backlogs from the previous year. Yeah, that is true. Uh, There were 20 episodes of at movies released last year, of which only five were actually recorded in 2018 and the remaining 15 were recorded in 2017. For the start off here, the most popular at movies episode with 26.3% of the votes... Double of what the number two is, is the Gintama, the live-action movie podcast. Yeah, you know, at, at movies is definitely one of those things where, like, I don't listen to every episode because, you know, it, it really depends on, like, what movies you guys talk about. But, you know, I, like, I, I guess out of all the ones that I have listened to personally, um, I, I, I would consider that my favorite, too, just because, you know, I, I also thought we had a really good discussion on the Gintama live-action movie with, uh, with Doctor, especially. I know he was on that episode, so. Yeah. I thought that was a good discussion. Again, uh, it has my favorite intro of the year. I definitely have listened to those first 10 minutes quite a lot because I really like that. The podcast as a whole, I don't think I have to listen to it much. But those first 10 minutes, I definitely, you know, when I want to remind myself, uh, cheer myself up for a little bit, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, really, I still really enjoy this. I'm very proud of this. But I'm really happy with the second highest voted on episode. With 13.2% of the votes, which is episode 17, Baby Driver and Logan Lucky. To me, this was the funniest episode of Ad Movies released last year. It also had a lot of fun editing that I did with it that I really liked. 
especially you you remember this we lord especially with the logan lucky segment where it was like oh what movie are we talking about this year this time and you're like uh a naruto movie <laughs> i had a lot of fun editing jokes with the music during that whole opening bit with that logan lucky half of the discussion but also the baby driver discussion I had such a lot of memorable jokes like i taught this with about to be a baby who was a driver <laughs> like boss baby you know all the jokes in this episode i thought were really hilarious and i i thought that this was the one that was my favorite because i thought it was just incredibly funny yeah. and i was also think i put a lot of work into the editing that i didn't do with some of the other episodes of bad movies that i was very happy with so i'm glad to see that people really like this one too i'm probably gonna re-listen to these because honestly i barely remember anything to be fair we recorded these a lot of these recorded in 2017 right so it's been over a year no like I, I don't even remember the Logan lucky like episode to be honest uh, yeah because we recorded that in like august of 2017 oh god yeah S- no september 2017 see it was so long ago jeez that yeah that that was a long ass time ago yeah yeah, but the, the podcast came out really well. Uh, the third most popular episode was our best movies of 2017 episode. Hmm, that Did, is surprising. Uh, it's not surprising to me. Well, I think that there were funnier episodes, but I think that people in general enjoy list episodes. And I think that because you and I have such a unique taste in movies compared to like other people who discuss movies or like do film podcasts, like... You know, our top fives are very unique. But do you even remember your top five for 2017, V-Lord? I remember Kizumonogatari 3 was on there. Yeah. And, geez, maybe Get Out was on there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Those are the only two I remember. Mm. Maybe also uh, Logan. Was Logan 2017? Yeah. Okay. You're guessing right so far. Jeez, uh, I, those are the three main ones I remember from my list. I probably yeah. have to look again to make sure. Well, you gotta think about 2018 this year, because we'll definitely be recording our best movies of 2018 podcast and our Oscars uh, 2019 podcast in the next week or so. We only have one best picture movie left to watch, uh, so we'll probably get that out of the way this weekend and record the Oscars podcast for like next week. And uh, speaking of the Oscars podcast... Uh, let's talk about some other episodes that got votes. Uh, the Oscars 2018 episode got a vote. Uh, Ghost in the Shell got votes. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul, Blade Runner, Kaminari, uh, Loving Vincent and Coco, Black Butler, Book of the Atlantic, Mirai, Pokemon I Choose You, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pyramid of Lights, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, War Woman. A lot of the episodes got votes from listeners, which, you know, I'm very happy that between all the episodes last year, pretty much all of them were loved by one of the listeners. So I'm quite happy about that. I think the only one that I'm sad about that didn't get a vote was the Captain of the Pants episode, because I thought we had a great discussion with Rick and Ethan about why that was such an amazing love letter to the books. But Hey, it uh, it, it got somebody in this room to watch the Captain of the Pants movie, so there's that. Yeah, that makes me happy. I'm glad that we could, that, you know, that could have an effect that, hey, we could get someone to watch that movie. Yeah, that's a very underrated movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just I just kind of decided to watch it one night. And, I mean, I, I did kind of nod off a bit just because I was a little tired. But I, I still enjoyed what I watched. I thought it was a really solid, like, kids movie. Um, also, Thor Ragnarok was uh, was a really interesting episode because, like, 
uh, I I know you guys were kind of outliers in terms of like the general consensus of the movie. Like personally, I still really like Thor Ragnarok, but like I thought you guys brought up a lot of really interesting, you know, points of discussion that I didn't really see anybody else like talk about. So I I would recommend that as a listen to anybody who wants a a different opinion on that movie. Yeah, like Thor Ragnarok is still my favorite Thor movie, but. Yeah, it it has uh, some problems. It tackles teams that it does not explore responsibly or articulately. Because, like, I never really, like, thought about the movie from that angle. So I thought that was, um, so I thought that made the movie a little more interesting to me. Mm -hmm. At the very least, Hulk's pretty cool in it. Like, yeah. There is one good video exploring kind of, like, how the movie doesn't really explore its themes well uh, by Renegade Cut, Neon Thomas. Like, he did a good video on Tor Ragnarok kind of discussing how that movie explores ideas of colonialism in the film. So I would definitely recommend that video for, like, a re- for another take on, oh, okay, here's, like, some of the problematic aspects of this film that, you know, are kind of uncomfortable that the filmmakers didn't really think through. But moving on, we got some responses for what was our listeners' favorite moment from our podcast last year. So the first one is Max ranting about Bakuman LOL. So I don't know if they're referring to Max as in Maxi, because I don't remember Maxi ever talking about Bakuman on our show last year. Has, has Maxi ranted about Bakuman like in passing on an episode? I don't remember at all. I am going to assume that they mean Max as in the volume of our voices and the heat of our passion of scorn for this for Bakuman in that episode. Mm, probably, maybe. Unless uh, Maxi did talk about it on the show at some point, and I can't remember. I feel like he mentioned it in passing, maybe. Um, speaking of Maxi, uh, so, uh, somebody did mention uh, Maxi not knowing about giant pretzels in American theaters. <laughs> That was indeed a hilarious moment. I think that was definitely one of my favorite moments from the show last year. It was like that whole tangent about Bavarian pretzels and how amazing they are. And Maxie being so jealous. Oh, people also like uh, when we talk about Shonen Sunday and Jump Magazine and the Sunday series. Lots of people like uh, the Get Out of Here Relord bit. <laughs> uh, people really love the Jump episode for bringing back some good memories yeah i i really appreciated that comment because i think somebody actually um i think somebody actually tweeted at the show about how they were uh they were kind of browsing through their old jumps like while listening to the episode and i i thought i've i i like i really appreciated that a lot because th- that was the feeling i really wanted to capture with that episode so definitely i think that was a very nostalgic and personal episode so I'm glad that people resonated with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, lots of people like when I go on over-the-top animated rants and get angry and scream. So I will continue to do that and entertain <laughs> you all. Will it ever reach the levels that we got with Cross Account, though? I don't know. I think the Wakaman episode kind of rivaled it. You were pretty close. You were pretty close. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a singular standout moment. I don't know if like the Bakuman episode was was as magical as that cross account rant where like in that last year's survey everyone was like oh man the cross account rant was like the favorite moment of your podcast this year guys like that that was hilarious so i don't know if we had like that singular moment in the bakuman episode that was like as transcendently funny as the the 
the mind rage is uh, across the camp, but you know, I think Sonny Hirodate just has to make a new series, yeah, and yeah, jump, <laughs> and for just for you to rage at it, yeah, like, that's that's the moment we'll we'll catch the logic and that cross the camp brand all over again. Uh, and another comment that I thought was very uh, stand out to me was. Like, all the stands made against sexism, sex criminals, and piracy peppers throughout this year's episode. Which, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad someone really appreciated that. That, you know, we were very adamant against Watsky being forgiven. Against the industry letting that behavior slide. And letting abusive behaviors and sexism continue to be perpetuated. And, of course, uh, we have always been... Uh, outspoken against piracy and we continue to be last year as we had some big uh, anti-piracy stories come out last year especially with like kosuke and everything and yeah even though again i still feel that you know our the sex in the episode titled sex in the manga industry i don't think we did a great job of that episode i do appreciate that you know some of our, lis- our listeners do do appreciate that we do take such strong stances against those things, against sexism, against criminal behavior being condoned and dismissed without being properly punished, and of course, uh, piracy. So yeah, uh, those are some of our listeners' favorite moments. Uh, I'm glad to hear what they really appreciate about our show. So now we're going to be on the eve of uh, discussing our polls uh, for the manga that we will cover on the show in 2019. The long-awaited segment is finally just on the corner where we will reveal to you, the listeners, what series we will cover on the show this year. But before we do that, I want to go over to some other analytics and statistics from our YouTube page and all-comma.com. So, I want to talk about first, like, what were some of our most popular videos on our YouTube channel in 2018. So, a video that got a huge spike in watch time and views was our Story of Pokemon Adventures episode. This was posted in 2017, but it really, really got big in 2018. And in terms of watch time, I think it's our most watched video on the channel now. And it definitely has a lot of positive reception to it, too. Oh, wow. In general, a lot of uh, videos from 2017 continue to become pretty big in 2018. The My Brother's Husband is the best discussion, or discussion of My Brother's Husband. That has risen to be our number one episode uh, throughout the year of 2018. So very happy to see people discover and appreciate that episode. But in terms of new podcasts that we posted in on our channel in 2018, uh, our most watched and viewed of the, the videos we uh, did in 2018 on the channel were, was Stop Reading Roroni Kenshin, where we just flat out said, do not support Watsky's work now that he's back with Hokkaido arc. You know, he was not properly punished by Shueisha. He is not made amends, or made an attempt to reform or apologize, do not support this man's work. And surprisingly, or unsurprisingly, this was a very controversial video. It might be our most watched and viewed video, but it is also our video with the most dislikes by far. Yeah, um, some, some very, um, very, very, um, 
I'm just gonna call it just just some comments. There are some comments on that video that uh... <laughs> I I closed comments on that video after a while because I did not want it to breed a cesspool of people who thought that you know watching well, the fact that they like Ronan Kenshin is more important than the fact that Waski is a pedophile who supported child prostitution by buying child pornography. I did not. I could not tolerate that anymore. So. To heck with this 15 likes to 66 dislikes ratio. To the people who were like, no, you know what? I, I'm going to still read Road Kenshin. I don't care about children. Oh, who cares that uh, Waski bought child porn and supported sex trafficking? I don't care. I just want to enjoy this manga. Like, no, no, that's not okay. I mean, I personally feel there is one thing to still like Kenshin. Kenshin is a classic. Right. Sure. Supporting Watsuki is an entirely different matter. In like, oh, yeah. Supporting what, Watsuki what after did. knowing what he's using to, his yeah. money to buy is pretty heinous. See, that that's that's my thing, too, is like, I don't believe in supporting Watsuki either after what he's done. But I also know it's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't support this. But I'm. I also. I know it's. It's kind of useless for me to be to tell people like, "Hey, you shouldn't do this." When it's just like, they're gonna do it no matter what you say if they want to do it. You know enough. Kind of like with piracy. So it's just kind of like you know that. That's just my stance on it personally. But like, it. It's still. It's still. It is upsetting to like. Honestly, my thing is, and I'm sorry. I've. I'm. I'm on my soapbox now, and I don't mean to be. But my thing is like, if you're gonna do it, okay, fine. Don't bother justifying it to me. Like, I don't care. If you're gonna, like, if you have to justify it to yourself or somebody, like, you obviously feel bad about doing it. Like, if, if you're legitimately trying to defend yourself supporting a pedophile, that's just sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do that something more productive on, with your life than trying you, to support pedophiles. That is on your conscience. You will live with that decision. That's fine. You don't have to yell at me. Or yell at us for like, or be defensive about, oh, uh, no, I'm not a bad person. You're bad people for, for wanting to have this man be punished for a crime that is heinous. Uh, I don't, I'm just, I, you know, these uh, people who want to still support Waski and buy his work, I can't change their minds. They've already convinced themselves that they are not the bad guys here. But, well... It's it's disheartening to see. <laughs> we should probably change uh, topics. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll we should move on. We'll talk about the other videos. Uh, so in terms of watch time, uh, the video of videos we posted in 2018, the second most watched of those was our Bakuman podcast, Ooh. which, uh, even though we were quite negative on Bakuman, it is a very well-liked video on our YouTube channel. It's got quite a few likes and no dislikes. So, hey. That that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> and not all of our Watsky segments were disliked on YouTube. Our What Do We Do With Watsky uh, video, which is our third most watch of the videos we posted in 2018, uh, that also has quite a few likes. So maybe I feel people were didn't even listen to uh, the Stop Reading Rolling Kenshin video. They just saw the title and were like, no, no, I have to read Kenshin. It's part of my identity. <laughs> Screw you! Don't take this away from me! Oh my god. It's my thing and nobody else's. 
You're, you're evil. You're trying to take what I love away from me. You're trying to save my bad person from, from enjoying this thing. You're bad. I have to tell you, you're bad. You're not even made myself see a good Snape garlic night. Okay, we should, we, we should definitely move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then after that, uh, our Why We Like the Rat Clover uh, anime podcast. Uh, that was also very well liked and had a lot of watch time. But that was, uh, I was going down in terms of watch time there. Uh, in terms of views, after the What Do We Do With Waski, our third highest uh, viewed video... Oh, actually, I missed this, but uh, actually, our second highest viewed video from 2018 was the Gintama Live Action Movie Podcast. Oh, hey, there and we then go. our fourth highest was our We Never Learns Getting an Anime uh, video. We just, like, state, hey, We Never Learns Getting an Anime. But that got a lot of views. After that, we have the Jujutsu Kaisen uh, Jumpstart Review. That comes in fifth tier. Uh, at sixth, we have the Act Age review. Seventh is the Robot Laser Beam rant. Uh, eighth is Gintama is ending for real this time. Or we discuss, oh, is Gintama actually ending? And then it turned out, no, it's not. Gorilla <laughs> lied to everyone. We didn't know at the time. Uh, ninth was our discussion of We Never Learn's first popularity poll. And then uh, tenth for te- our tenth highest viewed video posted in 2018 was our Build King discussion. Uh, that discussion of Mitsu Toshi Shimabukuro's one shot from last year. So yeah, some, some interesting videos that uh, got a lot of views on our YouTube channel last year. And of those, uh, two of them got over 1,000 views last year. With uh, the Roni Kenshin one getting like 1,500 views and the Gintana live action movie one getting over 1,100 views. So uh, those videos might not be uh, some of the most well-liked, but uh, they got a lot of attention, for better or worse. Yeah. Regardless, I'm happy that uh, the my, the Pokemon Adventures podcast, even though that's uh, one we posted in 2017, you know, that really blew up last year. And I'm glad that a lot of people discovered it and really enjoyed that. Like, that's our most liked video on our channel, I think. And definitely the most watched. So, very happy about that. Uh, but now, let's talk about some of our highest viewed episodes on all-comic.com. So, coming in at number one with almost 2,000 page views was our world trigger episode wow yeah i mean that was the most popular one on all that comic by far maybe in part because i posted a link to it in the world trigger reddit back when uh, it came out and it was very well received there hmm, well that's good in second place is another podcast that we did with Annalisa, our first episode of Manga Mavericks at anime uh our black clover anime podcast that has over 1,400 views. At third is our Sket Dance episode, which comes in with over 1,300 views. That makes me happy. At fourth, we have our Marlene First interview with over 1,260 views. At fifth, we have an At Movies episode. Episode 13 of At Movies are tots on the 90th Academy Awards, the Oscars from last year. That has almost 1,000 views. At number six, we have the Takamagahara episode with over 870 views. Well, hey, there we go. At number seven, we have Eden Zero with over 840 views. At number eight, we have the Big News Roundup with over 830 views. At number nine, another Ad Movies episode, the Gintama Live Action Movie Podcast with over 810 views. And coming in at number 10, rounding off the top 10, is our Astro Lost in Space podcast with almost 800 views. Hmm. 
two Shinohara podcasts in there. That makes me very happy. <laughs> Indeed. And two At Movies episodes. Which, uh, yeah, I'm glad that those got a lot of attention too. And I'm really glad our World Trek episode was so well received. I don't know if it's our like most viewed podcast ever, but you know, it definitely got a lot of attention, which makes me makes me happy to see. But now that we've gone over are those YouTube and all comic.com statistics, now we can get to what you've all been waiting for. The big reveal of what series we will cover on Manga Mavericks in 2019. In case you did not take the poll or don't remember, we had five different categories featuring series and topics that our survey takers could vote on. They could vote for the top top five picks in each category that they want to see us cover on the show this year. And in each of those five categories, we will choose the three highest voted series from each category to cover on the show this year. And the five categories were Weekly Shonen Sunday series, Weekly Shonen Magazine series, Shoujo and Jose series, Shonen and Seinen series, and Discussion Topics. Weekly Shonen Sunday and Weekly Shonen Magazine getting their own categories, of course, because this year is their 68 anniversaries. So we want to, you know, devote some time to discussing series from those magazines. But yeah, without further ado, I think this is something that we've all been excited for. I've been anticipating the reveal of what we'll be covering. So let's get down right into it. Do we want to work our way up to... Our number one highest voted, starting down from the number three and going up to number one, or should we start from one down? Number three. I, I was going to say, I think we for this one, we should start from one down because our most popular one, I'm not sure. It's weird because like, because uh, you want to do an entirely separate podcast on the, on the number one voted pick. Oh, wait, yeah. Yes. The number one one's a no-brainer here. Well, let's just reveal what our number one most voted for Shonen Sunday manga was. So, in the category of which of the following weekly Shonen Sunday manga would you like to see us cover on the show? The Shonen Sunday manga that got the most votes, the majority of votes, with 10.7% of the votes, was Yorisei Yatsura! Which, as you know, is my favorite manga of all time. The premiere first series by Rumiko Takahashi, my favorite mangaka of all time. Uh, it's getting a re-release at long last by Viz Media this month on February 19th. And indeed, to celebrate that, I want to do a Yurusei Yatsura podcast. But that is a separate podcast. It is not a part of the Manga Mavericks podcast. And our listeners, I think, want to see us discuss Yurusei Yatsura on this show. And because the format of the Yurusei Yatsura podcast is going to be different from how we normally do a series discussion on Manga Mavericks, I think it is still worth doing on Manga Mavericks. I, so I still need to iron out the details of when I'll be recording the first episode of the Yurusei Yatsura podcast, who exactly will be on that episode, but I do have clear ideas for what I want to do with that podcast. And then uh, we'll discuss probably later when we want to do this the Yurusei Yatsura episode for Manga Mavericks and uh, then figure out how that might fit in with the podcast if there'll be a crossover, if any. Okay, there we go. But let's discuss the second highest voted series, the second Shonen Sunday series we will cover on Manga Mavericks this year. With 10% of the votes, we have Silver Spoon! Now, this is one I'm excited to talk about. 
Uh, this is, of course, the series by Hiromu Arakawa, the manga about farming. And, you know, this is one of my favorite series, one of my favorite manga. And yeah, I'm really, I'm stoked to be able to talk about it. I'm glad that this, uh, it has pretty much won out as one of the series we'll talk about this year. As I am, with our number three coming in with 9.3% of the votes, Dororo by Osama Tezuka! Honestly, that really surprises me that Dororo did, like, like got so many votes. Like, Well, I think the anime has a lot of buzz right now, and I think that has definitely influenced and intrigued people to want to learn more about the manga. Mm. Yeah, Dororo is definitely something I really want to I wanna check out personally, especially since I, I, I honestly, I've... I'm not going to say, uh, like, you know, I've at least read, like, some Tezuka manga, but uh, Tezuka is definitely something I need I, I need to read more of as well. So, Dororo, I'm definitely up for talking about if I can. Uh, is is that still in print? Yeah, it is. You can still find it. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about that then. Yeah, yeah Dororo. is definitely one near and dear to my art. It's, like, one of the first Tezuka mangas I read, so... Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to a reread of that series, especially in the wake of the new anime adaptation. Yeah, it, even though it's such a short series, it is a very great, like, self-contained read. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely worth checking out. I'm glad a lot of people voted for it. Yeah. It's not too long either. It's only 860 pages. Yeah, so. about four volumes, I think, in the original run, Shonen Sunday. Oh, wow, that's short, huh? Yeah, it's, it's going to be very easy to kind of slot in to our schedule. Oh, wow. Compared okay. to longer series. Okay, th- that one I could, I think that one I could definitely commit to then, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But again, to recap, the Street Shonen Sunday series we will discuss on the show in 2019 are Yurasi Silver Spoon, and Dororo. But let's also just kind of mention some other series that got a lot of votes on this poll. Coming in at number four was Ron Mahath with 8.7% of the votes. So, hey, a few more votes. Like, just one more, it would have been tied with Doro. Two more, it would have been tied with Silver Spoon. We could have had two Takahashi manga discussions on the show this year. I mean, I'm sure that would have made you happy. I would have made he... I mean, I'm happy with the Street That One. And I think in terms of variety's sake, I'm really happy for uh, the Street That One. I think those are great representatives of Shonen Sunday. And then after that, uh, coming in at fifth, we had Magi, the Labyrinth of Magic. And I think that would have been a good one to discuss as well, because the Viz release will end this year. Yeah. That's another really great series. Yeah, it ends in July. And yeah, I I have a very big soft spot for uh, Magi in my heart. I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Satch Bell also got quite a lot of votes. Oh, man. Yeah. Z- Zatch Bell's definitely something I, I really want to talk about at some point. On the bucket list for sure. And also getting quite a few votes is Law of Uweki and Detective Conan. Oh man. Yeah, I, I like Law of Uweki, that's definitely something like I actually I actually read all that back in high school. I, I really want to like read it again and have Bomber on the show to talk about that as well. Definitely, since he's a huge fan of Fukuchi. Other suggestions, uh one of which was Komi, which I included with uh the Shonen Sanin category instead of the Shonen Sunday category because that this was a carryover from idea that every category would have 30 choices and then eventually I just got rid of that idea because you know what I'll just put everything that we have discussed or taught of covering on the show in the Shonen Sane category or then just expand it to be like ultimately it was like 120 choices in that category <laughs> but the Shonen Sunday and the Shonen Magazine categories are 30 choices each 
and I chose series that are available in English uh, legally, or if it wasn't available legally, it was at least like something that we had a history with that I know we would want to talk about. I think we got some like bonus write-in answers for stuff like uh, Birdmen. That was one of them, and then uh, Hatsukoi Zombie. Yeah, again, series that I did not include on the poll because they aren't available legally uh, in the U.S., but yeah, those are definitely series that I would definitely be interested in reading for sure uh, at some point. Hopefully they'll get licensed one of these days. I hear good things about Birdmen, so... Yeah, yeah Birdmen Bird had a lot of good beautiful. things to say on our Shonen Sunday podcast that we did. But yeah, uh, looking forward to those Shonen Sunday series that we'll be covering this year, but I'm also looking forward, of course, to the Shonen Magazine series that we'll be covering this year. So, once again, should we start off with the number one, the highest voted series? Yeah, let's do number one. Yeah, with 11.1% of the votes coming to number one is Gegagen no Kitaro by Shigeru Mizuki. Now, this is something I'm excited to read. I'm surprised it is the highest voted for series on this poll, but I am quite happy it is because... Yeah, I think it's about time we looked at one of Shigeru Mizuki's works, and Kitaro in particular as his most popular work. And see, this one works out because uh, now we have something to talk about during October for Halloween. That we do! <laughs> so this fills another niche that we wanted to fill. So I'm quite happy about that. Man, I again, I did not look at the new results that we got this morning, but, so I didn't notice that they're... Oh, wait, no. I, I got confused. I thought we had a three-way tie here, but uh, luckily we don't. Nope. Oh, we don't there, there, there's, a, there's a tie in one of the other ones later. No! Oh, no. A okay. really bad one, too. Ooh, but uh, before we talk about that, uh, let's move on to the second Shonen Magazine series we'll be covering on Manga Mavericks this year. Coming in with 9.2% of the votes, it's Ashita no Joe! Joe! Oh man, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I knew you guys were gonna be excited to talk about this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, this is a Shinder Joe was something that I wanted to discuss last year to celebrate its. 50th. 50th anniversary didn't end up getting the time to do that but yeah now that it is the second highest voted shonen magazine series in this poll we will definitely cover it on the show this year i'm definitely looking forward to a reread of that series and man that is one of my favorite manga and yeah i'm looking forward to talking about it on manga barracks yeah ashita nojo is easily my favorite manga of all time like mm. you can, after reading it you can really tell how much it has influence everything past it even beyond sports just in shonen and seinen in general it has changed so much in the landscape of manga oh yeah so it, it, it being on here is well deserved for sure and then coming in at third with 7.8 percent of the votes nearly beating out the tie for fourth we have a silent voice. A silent voice will be the third Shonen Magazine manga we cover on the show this year. Again, another one of my favorite manga. I just saw the anime film again last week, just a few days ago. It made me cry again. It was so beautiful. This manga is so beautiful, and I can't wait to talk about it on the show. I, I personally can't wait to, uh, what is this, uh, to podcast about it a third time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you've talked about it on the manga horn before, but what's the second time? A second time was um, an episode of the Anna Manga podcast I did with uh, Jammer and Dominic. Okay. 
we actually talked about it on that show as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm totally up for talking about A Silent Voice again. Yeah. Uh, man, again, one of my favorite series. Yeah. And... Mine as well, yeah. Oima's stories in general are just like, I feel must-reads for anyone. Oh, yeah. Like, to your eternity, I guess now, I feel like there's nothing currently ongoing that's really like it. She just knows how to create these stories. They're just very out there and just unique experiences. Yeah. A Siren Voice won out for third, but it had a quite a few rivals that were neck and neck with it that are in fourth place. Coming in in fourth place with 7.2% of the votes each are Yamadakan and the Seven Bitches and the Seven Deadly Sins. Yamadakan is definitely another series that I really love that I would have enjoyed talking on the show this year. And Seven Deadly Sins is another series that I enjoy, again, that I'd like to talk on the show as well. This but, just reminds me that I have to actually like go back and read more of Seven Deadly Sins. I need to catch up. I, I haven't read it in two years. That's how wow. long it's been. I mean, I haven't read it in one year, but I know what's happening because I listened to Weekly Mod Recap discuss it, and it's apparently in a really great place, so I really need to catch up. Uh, I'm trying to count right now. Um, I have a shit ton of Seven Deadly Sins because uh, I own it uh, via uh, the the last Humble Bundle that uh, Kodansha put out. Oh, mm-hmm. so you have like the 20 volumes of it? Yeah, so I, I have a I have a whole ton of it, so I feel like, you know, if, if we want to talk about it, I could read it. <laughs> yeah, well, it was really close this year. Maybe it'll win out next year. We'll see. Yeah, probably. But in uh, fifth for Shonen Magazine series was Again by Mr. Okubo. Now, this is a series I actually don't remember the premise of on the top of my hand. But again, it's by the writer of Yuri on Ice, and I know it's a series that people really enjoy. Uh, we discussed earlier in the show that it was on the Yalza top graphic novels for teens list for 2018. So again, another popular series. But now we're going to move on to the Shoujo Jose category, which is the following Shoujo or Jose manga. Would you like us to cover on the show in 2019? I forget how many series that I put on this poll. It's like, I think it had to be like 50 at least. But in any case, uh, I guess the tie hasn't been broken now that I'm looking at it. Which, uh... It's oh a boy, five. Oh wait, six-way do... tie. Six-way tie. Oh my god, the tie got worse. Last night it was only a four-way tie. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna tie. have to do a runoff poll or something. We're gonna have to find something to do. Shortly after this episode comes out, we will put up a poll on Twitter and you can help us break the tie. Let's discuss the, the we'll discuss what's in the sequence way tie in a moment. But let's discuss the series that got the number one, the highest amount of votes in the Shoujo Jose category. The highest voted Shoujo manga that we will cover on Among Mavericks this year with 11% of the votes is Banana Fish. The anime might have ended, but the Banana Fish love is still strong. I definitely have been meaning to check out the manga. I have didn't manage to watch the anime last year, but you know I've been meaning to check the series out for a long time. And now that it has been voted the highest of the shoujo Jose manga that people want us to cover on the show this year, you know we definitely will. Yeah, I mean Banana Fish is like that series that even if you don't like shoujo Jose manga, all, will always be recommended to you. So that's no surprise that's really here. Uh, and I also have been looking for, I'm looking for the reading, uh, another series I wanted to check out for a long time. Come the second highest voted shoujo manga, uh, in our poll, coming in with 6.8% of the votes. It's Chiyahafuru! There's a new anime season of Chiyahafuru coming out this year as well, so we can time out this episode, uh, 
in conjunction to when that is ending because uh, when it's starting in the spring season, you know, we already have other plans that I don't think we'll make it in time for an episode by then. But yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to read Xia Hafu for a long time. Uh, it's available digitally by Kadansha, so it should be quite accessible to read it. And yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Ooh, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Chihaya Furu. I definitely want to check it out. All right, so so what's 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 this tie that we need to break here? Yeah, the six-way tie. Oh, no. Each of these series have 6.2% of the votes. You know, a lot of people really want us to cover these series, so we don't have a clear decision for what the third shoujo or jose manga series we'll cover on the show this year will be. We'll have to figure out some method of breaking this tie, but the six series are... For your reference, Descending Stories, Kimi ni Todoke, Natsume's Book of Friends, Revolutionary Girl Utena, Tokyo Tarareba Girls, and Yona of the Dawn. All these series are ones that I'm really looking forward to reading and would really want to read. But again, six series tied for third here. You need to figure out a way to break this tie. So again, I will probably do the Twitter poll thing and we'll decide from there. What will be the one we cover? Personally, I'm I'm rooting for Descending Stories because that that's that's something I really want to get back to. I really love Descending Stories, but we did discuss it on the show before, so I think I, I would like either one of the other five because I don't have I have experience with a lot some of them, but uh, I mean most of them I think, but I don't I haven't read them all completely. Okay, fine. My my second choice is Tokyo Tower Rebel Girls. I mean, yeah, I'm a huge Higashimura fan, and, you know, after talking about Princess Jellyfish with Morgana, and also discussing, like, some of the themes of Tokyo Hero Rebel Girls that cross over with Jellyfish, you know, I'm intrigued to finish that series. I read the first volume after our discussion with Morgana on Jellyfish, and I was like, "What? yeah, I love this series, so, you know, definitely would love to read that. Uh, but again, I, I really want to read the manga version of Revolution Girl Otena, since I love the Utena anime. Yona the Dawn, I've read a few volumes of and I really like. Kiminodoki, to me, Todoke, I haven't read any of, uh, but I've heard great things, so I'd like to get into that. And the same is true with Natsume's Book of Friends. I've not read the manga. Uh, my only experience with it was watching the uh, film from last year, which is like one of my top 10 favorite films of the year. So yeah, I would definitely want to read the manga for it. Anyway, we will figure out a way to help break the tie, hopefully by the time this episode is out. So look out for that. And now we will discuss uh, what were the top uh, shonen and or singing manga that we all cover on the show this year that aren't shonen said they're shonen magazine related. And so coming in number one, the most voted for series with 5.7% of the votes was 20th Century Boys. And yeah, definitely after my discussion with Aiden, my appetite has certainly been wet to discuss it, that series. We've coming in with 5.2% of the votes, our second Shonen singing manga work couple this year is Golden Kamui. This is one that's been on the bucket list for a while, and the fans have spoken, the listeners have spoken. We will cover it on the show this year. Yeah, Go- Golden Kamui is a ton of fun to read. I I really like it personally. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I I need I need to get back on reading it. I I think I bought the first volume. I didn't I didn't get super far just because I I got distracted. But I do want to read more of it. And our third choice here. With 4.1% of the votes, the third Shonen Senin manga we will read on the show this year is Beastars! This one really surprises me, but at the same time, I know Beastars has a strong cult following. Yeah. So, like, 
It's impressive for sure. And I've heard a lot of really great things about these stars. A lot of hype for it. A lot of people looking forward to Viz's release this summer. And yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I think it's safe to say that, like, I still would have been interested in covering at least, like, the first volume on the podcast when, like, that came out. But uh, now we have even more reason so, uh, to do so. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go over all the other series they got both. Please don't. There were 120 series on this poll. I will mention uh, all the stuff that tied for fourth, though, with 3.6% of the votes, respectively, because those were all close to probably get, getting uh, chosen for a series that we could have read this year. Uh, those include Attack on Titan, Cross Manage, Dr. Slump, Dr. Stone, Comey Can't Communicate, and another series that got some significant votes were Mod Psycho 100 and Demon Slayer Matsuno Yada. Poor Demon Slayer. <laughs> Again, a lot of co- there were a lot of choices in this category, so there was a lot of competition. But I'm very happy with the three series that won out because I think those are very diverse, and I think those will provide some really great discussion. And now we'll discuss uh, discussion topics, which three discussion topics we will cover on the show this year. And so coming in at number one, we have diversity in manga, which could also be phrased as representation in manga. And so, yeah, that's a topic that I think is very important to discuss. And I just realized there is a three-way tie for second. No! So uh, we're going to have to do another poll here, I think, to decide which two of these three will cover. But the three-way tie is between digital manga and mobile apps, Guilty Pressures and Problematic Favorites, and LGBT manga. And actually, you know what? Instead of doing this poll, I think we should not do the digital manga one because we have discussed digital manga and mobile manga apps with Jeff before. I think there was a lot of discussion of that in the Shonen Jump retrospective during our Jeff interviews. And plus, we're going to do it again anyway. Yeah, we're going to do it again with the manga Manga plus discussion. So, you know, I think we've had enough discussion on that, so... You know, I think in the interest of diversity, I want to talk about the Guilty Pleasures, Problematic Favorites, and uh, LGBT manga. So those will be the three discussion topics we do this year. Diversity manga, Guilty Pleasures, LGBT manga. Uh, and then some other notable ones that got votes this uh, in this category was How Did the U.S. Manga Industry Get Started? Uh, manga versus Comics. Manga versus Anime. Piracy and Scanlation. Sex in the Manga Industry. Boys love manga, and all those are topics that I think we will discuss uh, on the show in the future at some point. Oh, so Weekly Shonen Magazine and uh, Shonen Superheroes versus Shonen Heroes. I personally really want to get back to our Tokyo Pop episode. <laughs> yeah, that has also been on the bucket list for a while, and I think one day we will do it. Alongside the, the downfall of DMP episode, which oh, I think is also going to be a really interesting story. I think Nick Rowe would probably uh, tear uh, both of those a new one. Uh, yeah, indeed. All right, another reason to have Nick on. <laughs> yeah, but that about covers it. You know now what series and discussion topics we will discuss on the show in 2019, alongside a few other choices and some personal picks that we also really want to talk about. And so we're going to be drafting up the schedule, but you can look forward to all those series and discussion topics on the show this year. I think this was a really good experiment. I think that we've got a really diverse selection of series chosen out of it. And yeah, I'm really excited about the show this year. There's a little cover. 
I think next year, if we do this, we should separate the seinen and shonen categories because I feel like over a hundred picks is probably a little too much for as how many people we had like vote in our survey. Yeah, I mean, this year since we already had five categories, I didn't want to do like a sixth. But yeah, next year since we won't have the shonen Sunday and shonen magazine categories, I don't think. Uh, yeah, we'll separate shonen and seinen. But yeah, now let's discuss uh, some what other content that our fans want to see from Manga Mavericks in 2019. Uh, people want to see us cover different series from different magazines, which I think we'll be doing. Uh, someone wants shorter episodes, but constantly weekly. Uh, I don't think we will keep to the weekly schedule. I think we'll move back to bi-weekly. But shorter episodes, I think, is something we can aim for. Uh, not with this episode, I don't think, but no. you know, in the future. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people want more female guests, which is also something that I want. And I think that we are going to put a lot of work into making sure we have a lot of representation, diversity, and the amount of guests uh, we get on the show this year. People also want, some people would like to see us cover Fumi Yoshinaga manga, in particular, What Did You Eat Yesterday, uh, comparison of Legend of Heroes, novels versus anime. I think that second one is a good topic for an anime episode. Uh, but what did you read yesterday is definitely a series that I've heard a lot about. I would like to check out at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can put that on the bucket list. And more people want some mini reviews. Uh, by mini reviews, I don't know what specifically they want. Like maybe mini reviews in the style of the Mirai episode of Ad Movies. Or mini reviews as like shorter manga reviews. Like half hour or less. So. Or or like or like just single volume releases um yeah Yeah. i I wasn't really sure about that either um i really appreciate uh this person that uh that said that they're now a manga reader thanks to our podcast yeah i'm really happy about that i'm I'm glad that our podcast you know is getting people to check out more series uh, and check out manga in general i'm glad that we could have that effect that i think that's like some of the best comics comments to hear from uh makes me really happy uh, along with, was there going to be a Shaman King episode? I mean, there is. It's recorded. It's being edited. Hopefully, it'll be out uh, this month. So, look forward to it. It's I'm working on it, but my laptop is being terrible. Or the Audacity file is terrible because it, whenever I try make a cut, it takes like two minutes for the cut to process for me to do anything again. So, you know, it it, it takes an hour to maybe get through 10 minutes. So, you know, it's it's a long ways going. But, yeah, that will be out soon. That and the Monster Girls manga fight are the last two of those backlog podcasts I need to finish and release. But, yeah, uh, some people want us to do videos. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to uh, put more stuff back on the YouTube after a bit of a hiatus. Some, some people want memes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we'll make more memes on the show uh, every now and again. Uh, people really like the Dragon Ball podcast, and they want like more podcasts with that kind of intensive editing. Uh, that was thought. I mean, the editing in podcasts like was quite a bit of work, so I don't know if that would be sustainable every week. But, yeah, we we uh, we can't we can't promise that kind of editing for every podcast we put out, but we try. But yeah, for special episodes, uh, I I definitely would like to do more stuff like the Super Podcast. Uh, the people would like to see us cover stuff from Kazuhiro Fujita. Uh, definitely something that I would like to do more. Uh, the how how the industry manga industry works. Uh, definitely a discussion 
that we should have at some point. Somebody said good content. Um, that's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, they didn't say that our content isn't good. They just said they, they want good content. I mean, that's true. <laughs> and that's what we want, too. I mean, I, I mean, I want good content, too. I mean, I can't blame them. <laughs> yeah. And again, to re- I already mentioned this, but to reemphasize, I think this person uh, is makes a very important statement. Like, you know, actually inviting women and LGBTQIA folk when you talk about subjects or titles relating to them would, you know, that is important. Uh, that is something that we haven't, that we have not done a great job with. And with various episodes of the show last year and again uh, i want to improve on that i want to fix that issue this year with the show let's see uh comparing different u.s publishers is definitely a really great idea sexism and weekly show and jump in particular especially after like a recent interview with some jump editors that really exposed oh my gosh the jump editorial office is a cesspool of sexism that is something that really deserves more attention yeah that, that's a frustrating can of worms that's been swarming in my head i know for a while yeah that that was disappointing here someone wants to talk about us to talk about the anime community and anime youtubers which uh i don't think we will talk about anime youtubers i'm not this interested is, at all i'm sorry i'm not interested <laughs> in the drama aspect of it uh, you wrote less, so Colton doesn't have as much to edit. <laughs> I also agree with. I, I think I don't. I also think that uh, you shouldn't. Uh, we should do less because I, I editing takes a lot of time. And uh, I think I, that I, actually I, might have been yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I, I guessed, and uh, I, I, I think I am right, and that is you. Hashtag protect Colton twenty nineteen. Yeah. I, I, I forgot. I forgot that I put that in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, people want uh, more uh, people who work in the manga industry on the show, uh, more upcoming unlicensed manga news, uh, corner for recent releases to the host actively keep up with that uh, they basically only reach through volumes. Something we could try doing, but our, because our shows tend to run long, I don't know if we want to add a, another segment that would you know take up a lot of time. I mean, maybe if we had like nothing to talk about one week which that rarely happens now with Um, the schedule this year i don't know if we will have weeks like that because now we definitely have topics that we're we're like okay we want to talk about this yeah so okay so this is another comment that is uh important that i kind of want to mention like uh fewer act movies episodes or at least episodes that are specifically focused on anime manga properties so and there are this and there's one other comment about like maybe less ad movies episodes. So it's like, well, look, so uh, that definitely made me think about it. So uh, it, it seems just based on the amount of people that voted on what was your favorite ad movies episode last year that, you know, the most of our listeners do listen to both podcasts. But I, there are definitely some listeners who don't listen to both. Uh, in addition, I think that some people were, I mean, I feel like another reason we got these comments is that uh, in December, I dumped like uh, eight Act Movies podcasts in a month because I wanted to release all of them before the year was over because I didn't want to still be doing 2017 podcasts in 2019. So if I had released those more on a more consistent weekly schedule, it might not have felt so like overwhelming. I yeah, think. I feel like it's just a perception of it because like we had so many stockpiled up. When you do release them all at once, it kind of seems like way more than it actually is. Yeah, but at the uh, but on the other part of this question, like 
do episodes that are just focused on anime manga properties. Uh, that is the direction I think I will take the show in because I think one of the problems we ran into with 2017 is because I see so many movies, both Lord and I do, and we try, basically we're recording episodes on like everything we were seeing. But like, I think that not only burned us out from doing and recording those podcasts, that also just built up such a big backlog of them that it took a lot of like time for me to like feel less overwhelmed and like motivated to, oh my, okay, okay, I got to edit these and get these out. Yeah. So we accumulated the backlog too quickly. Whereas we just stick to the anime uh, related releases. Those are less movies to talk about. And we can get in so that there's less of a backlog that could accumulate potentially. But also, you know, we could also be able to just release those episodes faster, I think, because I don't think... Because uh, we'd have more time just between each recording. We wouldn't be just... recording something every week. Yeah. Because we literally see a movie every week, if not more. Yeah. And, on, and, you know, I would like to start talking about the anime release, theatrical releases again. We didn't really record a whole lot of them last year because I didn't want to record any more Avenues episodes until the backlog was cleared. But now that the backlog is cleared, I definitely want to start doing that again. You know, we're seeing I Want to Eat Your Pancreas next week. I want to record something on that, especially since... I've seen the live action version. I would definitely like to, to compare my thoughts on the different uh, adaptations. You know, Alita is coming out this month. Dragon Ball Super Broly. We're all still hoping to do a proper ad movies on. Yeah. So th- there are going to be more ad movies podcasts coming, but I think that definitely that they're going to be focused more on anime manga related films for sure. And then I will, I, I don't know if, uh, Oh, I guess I can throw this question out there on Twitter. If, people would like a separate feed for at movies or if they don't mind it being on the same feed because this is the we only got two comments about at movies out of the 44 people who took the poll so i don't know if like this is something that the vast majority of people mind but i can throw that question out there and uh we, we could look into getting into having at movies be on its own feed if people would prefer that but yeah, I think those were all some really good suggestions that uh, and feedback that would uh, really help out, uh, you know, curate the show and what we'll do with the show going forward. We also got some uh, suggestions for guests that listeners want to see on our show this year. We got Caleb a lot. We got a lot of votes for Caleb and Casey and Maxie and Bomber. A lot of people want some new guys on, of course, that we want to invite new guests on too. Got Ed Chavez from Denpa that people want to have on. Again, more female guests people want to have on. Uh, the old Scammer stream team. I definitely would like to have those guys on. Madoka. I don't know, like, what they mean by Madoka. Uh, who they mean by Madoka. Is this, like, the character from Madoka Magica? The character from Kim Kimberly Orange Road? Or a person called Madoka? Uh, this one is... was I don't know who uh, to discuss. One comment uh, suggests, like, ask less straight white men on your show in 2019, please. And uh, I don't think that we will ask less of those demographics of people. Instead, I think we will ask more of other uh, people, like other demographics, again, more women and more people of color and queer people. So uh, people would like to see Josh again, uh, Atlier Emily from For Me and For Bloom. 
Your mum, uh, my mom does not read manga, so now that's not happening. Uh, Brandon Bovia, Joey Weiser, Joey Weiser, we will actually have on the show uh, in a couple months. So that's already one off the bucket list. Yeah, stay, stay, stay tuned for that. Yeah, Stephen Paul, uh, why ruler of time? Uh, Mar- Marion uh, suggests himself, and yeah, we definitely would like to do a podcast with Marion. Uh, Mike Tool uh, would also be a cool one to have on. And Yonko Productions, that would be he would be a cool person to have on. David Brothers, uh, again another cool guy I like to have on. Oh, also Lisa, someone uh, would someone also suggested Lisa Wallen, which is another person that'd be cool to have on. Um, yes, I would love to have her on. I've podcasted with her before. She is extremely funny. Um, yeah, Lisa's yeah. like a super nice person too. Yeah, she's she's pretty cool. I'd I'd love to have her on. Um. No, some some really good suggestions for guests. Um, personally, I I really want to have Caleb on before the end of the show. Uh, that's that's something I'm kind of working on here. Um, and then also Brandon, I would love to have on. Uh, eventually for maybe when we uh, when we cover Yu Gi Oh later in the year, I would I would love that. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be perfect to have on for that. Um, uh, considering he's a fan. Um. Yeah, no, a uh, lot, lot of people on there that I would love to have on. Um, I don't know if we can get them all on this year, but, you know, at some point I'd like to have at least most of them on, so. Most definitely. And uh, I definitely think that we're going to make a lot of strides and efforts to have, like, even more guests on the show this year than we have had in years previous. So I'm very excited for that as well. But now let's just move on to the final question, which is final suggestions, comments, and criticisms. And starting off here, someone just hopes we grow big in 2019, and I thank them for that comment. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, a lot of people who have offered us really great, you know, nice comments, like keep up the great work. Uh, discover their podcast. We our podcast recently. It's been wonderful to listen to. Uh, they appreciate our discussion about you know comics, and you know, are, are you learning something from the show? Which I really am happy to hear. As one person wrote, money, uh, that's not very specific. I don't... <laughs> Wait, I don't money or ask. like... Uh, another person uh, says, uh, I don't know, uh, give me free manga, I guess. And you know what? Uh, I wouldn't mind doing like a giveaway thing at some point this year. I think that could be fun. Yeah, you know, we, we, we'll figure something out. That's not a bad idea. Um, I love this one person that just says, nah, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so someone wrote that they would like uh, to see us start up a Patreon or other sites to support us. And I think this is something we could look into, uh, you know, to help, you know, support, like, especially like buying series for the show. Uh, I think that could be helpful. Like all sorts of miscellaneous costs coming to the show because we put in so much time into the show. And basically for free because we love doing it. But, you know, when it comes, but like we basically operate at a loss because we have to buy series for the show so if we can just like have had some funds where we can put back into the show i think that'd be useful yeah we also need to come up with like what we can give back to the people who subscribe to that kind of thing so like there's a lot of stuff we'd have to like really kind of think about and tinker with before we ever think about like actually launching that kind of thing but it is something i think maybe we could look into yeah i think we can look into it uh Maybe we could start one up in a few months or something. But yeah, it's something we'll definitely have to talk about and kind of figure out a plan for, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But, you know, I, and I'm happy to see that there are people who, you know, would like to support us. And, uh, you know, I think that 
we could put that money back into the show, which would help leave some help alleviate some strain when it comes to like buying series like Banana Fish and stuff that yeah you know, would be costly to get otherwise. Uh, oh, another thing we could, we should also remember to do is uh, mention our Kofis at the end of every episode. Like, uh, we, we don't really mention that we have Kofi pages at the end of our podcast. We should probably work that into the outro segment from now on. Yeah, I I need to get better about doing that because it's like, I, f- I feel bad because it's like, I feel like I'm, I, I don't want to like constantly ask for money, but I mean, it, it would be... It would be it would be it would be worth mentioning for the people that do want to support us and to to, to people who want to support us. I, I really I'm really appreciative of that. So yeah, and we can do what I've heard other podcasts do is like if you donate us a Kofi, we'll shout you out on the next episode of the podcast. So I think that's like something we can do as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, you wrote no more three hour news episodes, which I also agree with. <laughs> oh, I did. I did say that too. <laughs> there are, and there are also a lot of co- comments about you know, uh, episode maybe shorter episodes, uh, episodes that don't come out as fast and stuff. Well, this is this is a good start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a one comment like about you know uh, maybe the intros could be shortened a bit. Uh, I like it. I like the skits, but and I don't think we do them f- that frequently, but. I mean, it's something to keep in mind for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, we got a lot of people who really enjoyed the podcast and are saying keep up the great work and thank you. And I'm glad that people are really enjoying the show and really responding to it. And I want to strive to make uh, 2019 an even better year for the podcast in 2018. And I think that we're already drafting up great plans to do just that. Oh, yeah. Um I'm I'm both excited and scared at all the work we're gonna do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh I'm boy. I'm sure we'll have some discussions af- offline about like, oh, how do we want to arrange the schedule? Uh, how should we proceed all these plans and all that stuff? But yeah, you've heard it here about first about these are the results of the survey. Here are some of the things that we're gonna definitely do in 2019. Some of the series we'll cover, some of the topics we'll discuss. So look forward to them. But I think uh, that's our survey for 2019. I think we'll just wrap up with some community shoutouts and then head out into the end of the show. All right. So in sort of keeping with what you suggested last episode, what with the article about um, the promised Neverland and black women in anime in general, I actually found a really interesting video last night just kind of perusing through YouTube from a uh, from a YouTuber called The Storyteller. And he's African American, and he he does a he does a video series. Um, from from what I gather, just basically about just sort of black people in the media in general. And uh, he did a video about representation of black women just in in media in general. Um, so it's it's not like totally anime manga related, but uh, a, a big like discussion point of the video is actually. Uh, the main character of uh, of Michiko and Hachin, actually, and uh, kind of how she is sort of one of the few, like, really, I guess, positive, uh, per- or not, not so much positive, but like, but like, real portrayal of of a, of a black woman in media, you know, compared to how they're sort of portrayed in, you know, in other things as just more of a stereotype, whereas Michiko actually feels like a real character. 
And also just a side note, I recently just finished watching Michiko and Hachin. I think it's a very solid series. Um, I, I, I think my one gripe with it would be that, like, I think it could have been a little shorter in terms of length and that it sort of meanders a little bit in some places, but I still thought it was really enjoyable. And uh, I, I thought this video really, like, kind of showed me, like, okay, so, the, the, like, that there's an, another aspect of the series that I hadn't really considered, and it made me kind of appreciate the show even more. Um, so, again, it's not it's not entirely anime manga related, but uh, I still thought it was a really interesting video, and uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I'll definitely leave a link for it in the show notes for people who want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really great to me too so i definitely look forward to watching those videos and also i have a few community shout outs that i want to give uh first off there was a great interview on amber news network related to the manga plus app with uh, one of the shonen jump plus editors as well as a few comments from toyotaro that was uh, conducted by kim morrissey so definitely recommend uh, checking that out to learn a little more about the manga plus app and then in addition to that, uh, there are a few uh, pieces that I want to mention that are related to the recent discussions surrounding Vic Mignogna and, uh, you know, basically, finally, all the years of what everyone ha- has whispered about him finally coming to light and f- people finally taking action to do something about it. So there was a great piece from Anime News Network, which collected... Quite a f- number of people's stories. Uh, this piece is called Far From Perfect. It was written by Lindsay Loveridge. And it collects a lot of people's stories about uh, their experiences with Wick Mignogna. And uh, like how he mistreated them, uh, sexually harassed them, uh, behaved inappropriate towards them. There are some you know, very disgusting, horrifying stories uh, that like it's very good. I think that the... It's an incredible piece of reporting, and uh, I think that it's very important to read this article in order to like see the extent of like how persistent his awful behavior has been over the years he's worked in this industry, and that it is unacceptable that he has not been punished and he continues to get work. Uh, so this article by Lindsay Loveridge and Bamboo Dong for Enemies Network is an important read. But also, I thought what was a good piece of journalism about the subject was uh, Derek Padula's piece uh, on the Dow Dragon Ball website called Fixing the Staircase, which he takes the more, I guess his stance is more from, he tries to be more impartial in a sense. Like he takes, he tries to like look at the, he tries not to put his opinion in the piece. He, but he recounts the entire story uh, of all the allegations and all the context of why people are finally doing something about this now. And then going over all the legal questions. And I think this was a really good piece of reporting, too. There were times where I felt I was not... I didn't appreciate, like, his tone. But, but, like, I think that ultimately he comes to the conclusion that everyone else has come to. That, like... You know, we there are so many stories about this. There are hundreds of people who are speaking out about this, and then something needs to be done about this because Vic Mignogna is a bad—he's a bad person who is consistently 
doing terrible behaviors and leaving him unpunished is just continuing to allow him to do these horrible things. It's continuing to allow him to sexually assault and behave inappropriately towards his fans, towards women in the industry. And so, yeah, I think it's important uh, to re- I think this is another good piece of reporting on the subject as well. So I think both of those articles are probably the two best pieces about the Vic Mignogna story that you can read uh, to get an understanding of the story. Uh, they both make it very clear that this then something needs to be done about this. And so hopefully more people will speak up. More people will go to Funimation, go to Sony and say, hey, do not hire this actor anymore. He is a bad person. He's had a history of awful behavior, criminal behavior. And this something needs to be done about this. So I think those were these are really good pieces of reporting. And I would definitely recommend people read them to understand the story and understand why this is important, why something needs to be done. And uh, Relor, do you have a huge shout out on your end? Uh, something hopefully that about a lighter subject? Yeah, I was going to say there's no way I can uh, match what you just said at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, so first of all, I would also like to second that interview with uh, Shuhei Sono about the Manga Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, app that's uh, on uh, ANN. That is a very uh, great interview to go through to understand like how exactly the service is going to work and like what what they're trying to do with it with making Shonen Jump a more global brand. And I I think that's really cool. Aside from that, uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to Yonko Productions' uh, Shonen Jump in 2018 retrospective. It's a short little like 13 minute video that he basically just goes through all the series that came out in 2018 in Shonen Jump. And uh, one thing I really like about it is that he kind of is uh, driving home the point that like Shonen Jump is very much shifting its focus with new series. If you notice in 2018, there were a lot less traditional Battle Shonen series that got released, even among the successes uh, like Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, Jujutsu Kaisen is far removed from what you'd expect a traditional battle manga to be. And then you have stuff like Act Age that are just completely out there types of series. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it definitely does a good job of encapsulating that Shonen Jump is trying to reach out to newer directions of series. And then bringing in newer talent like Shiro Usazaki, Gayakutami, and these authors that are doing things that really aren't being done in other areas of mainstream battle manga and mainstream shonen and all that. So I, I really recommend that video a lot. And I think those are our community shoutouts for this week. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff to dig into, um, check out and learn. So definitely uh, give those a read or listen or watch. But now it's time to wrap up the show. Right, yeah, but even before we wrap up the show, a huge thanks to everybody who took our survey and uh, left us any kind of feedback. We really appreciate it, and it's going to really go a long way towards, you know, just helping our show get better, even 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 past this this new year. So, most definitely, you've you've been listening to us, and we're listening right back at you. We're hearing all your suggestions, all everything that you want to see us cover, everything you want to see us do with the show, and we're definitely going to make a huge effort to improve the show for all of our listeners and also continue to bring you the best stuff, as one of uh, our survey takers put it. All right, but uh, I guess uh, 
Lum and V-Lord, uh, where, can, where can the people find you? You can find me at LumRomiyasha on Twitter and by LumRomiyasha on various platforms and sites, including Anime Revelation and AnnieList. And you can also read my reviews, both manga reviews and movie reviews, on all-comic.com. I got a review out for Dragon Ball Super Broly that came out a, f- a week or two ago. Definitely expect a review of I Want to Eat Your Pancreas and Alita Bandle Angel uh, when those come out in the next week or two. And a V-Lord, what about you? Uh, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ, as well as a bunch of other places, including Analyst and a bunch of other websites. Usually if it's VLordGTZ, it's probably me. Aside from that, um, I'm currently writing reviews for all comic, specifically Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Actage, and Hinomaru Sumo. So if you want to check those out, go to all-comic.com and read those. Um, I also have my own podcast, Writing a Manga, which is on a current hiatus of sorts. Uh, It'll be back eventually, but for now I'm just kind of focusing on just the weekly manga reviews. So yeah, that's basically all that's up with me. Yeah, definitely go out and uh, check out V-Lord's reviews of all those series. Uh, I I think he's doing a real service in uh, in, in covering series that uh, I don't think anyone is really reviewing at the moment i like i i can't think of anyone else who's reviewing uh hinamaru zumo at the moment at least not the manga so <laughs> yeah i think that's something <laughs> worth checking out um but uh, as for me uh you know I've, i i unfortunately don't really write any reviews for the site but uh, i do have a few other podcasts that i record such as life lessons the gintama manga cast which you can find at gintolifelessons.wordpress.com unfortunately it's on a bit of a hiatus as well uh, but we have a huge backlog of episodes you can listen to, again, over at gintolifelessons.wordpress.com. Uh, there's also One Podcast Prevails over at onepodcastprevails.com, where I record with, with my friend uh, Doctor over at the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast about Detective Conan, case closed, whatever you decide to call it, uh, as it's being released by Viz Media, officially in English. So again, uh, I'm a huge fan of Conan. I, I love recording that show, so please uh, go check it out over at onepodcastprevails.com. I totally forgot to mention that you can follow me on Twitter over at SniperKing323. I'm always tweeting about something, whether I'm reading stuff or just tweeting, retweeting, whatever. I'm, I'm always there if you want to follow me. But uh, as for all comic in the podcast, uh, you can find every episode of the podcast uh, of both Manga Mavericks and Routing in Manga over at all-comic.com where we post every episode of both podcasts first. Uh, you can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash all-comic underscore. But if you want to follow us, spe- uh, follow Manga Mavericks specifically, uh, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore Mavericks as well as mangamavericks.tumblr.com for all the latest updates on the podcast. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash manga Mavericks. Uh, where we post uh, different excerpts of the podcast, such as different news pieces, uh, whatever manga we decide to review on the show, and even some exclusive content every once in a while. Uh, email us anything about the podcast, uh, you know, what you want us to read on the show, uh, it just any any any, uh, any criticism or praise you have of the podcast, uh, email us and we'll read it on the show. You can email us over at mangamavericks at gmail.com. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate that. It really helps the visibility of our show. So please take the time to do that if you uh, if you so wish. Uh, but that's going to be about it for this episode. Um, so, yeah, 
Uh, we will see you guys next time for episode 77. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Later.